sounds too arsy to me. So yeah, I'm glad you funny. got the disease. You've been to Australia before, haven't you? Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Good man. Yeah. So uh, are you guys still on fire down there, or like is it? No. Um, actually, I think the last time we spoke, the place was burning down. Yeah. There was smoke everywhere. But this time around, uh, as in this summer, it's been very cool. It's been a very mild summer. So um, the That's good. there's a lot of greenery everywhere. But compared to the last time we spoke, my my country was essentially on fire. Yeah, that was uh, that's pretty crappy, mate. You see these pictures of like dying koalas, kind of like trying to find water. You know, you're like, damn. I oh, like you got koalas. that footage? Yeah. Same with the kangaroos. Kangaroos were getting caught up in barbed wire as they're trying to run away and just getting cooked. It, it was horrific. Absolutely yeah. horrific. Everything's trying to kill you in Australia. Poisonous animals and the weather and. Not Corona though. You guys got that fixed, right? Uh, it depends who you ask. Uh, that's a whole new topic. But I, I heard during the um, 2000 Olympics that people were paying. So there's these. Do we call them scammers or entrepreneurs? There was a fine line, but they were reaching out to the American community, saying that when you land in Australia, we guarantee that we'll get you to your hotel safely without being attacked by a crocodile or any other dangerous creature. What about the drop Americans. bears? Uh, and it, we were, there's a big list of all these. Uh, not so much imaginary, but. Uh, threats that they thought were real and so yeah. they uh, these good american people unwittingly were paying uh big money to get a essentially a taxi ride from sydney international airport to their hotel which doesn't cover any wildlife whatsoever it's it's like la it's just a concrete city uh but someone made a lot of money and and they kept their deal they said hey no Seems scammy i guess it depends oh, on how much not. margin if they didn't charge overcharge much then it would be just funny but if they're overcharging a lot it's scam um. Richard, we've been on a long journey together in the sense that I started reviewing Hex uh, well before it was launched. And when I was reviewing that coin, I got a lot of flack from the community, but I equally got a lot of support. So there's clearly a huge left and right per se of the Hex community, those who love it, those who hate it. But without any doubt, it's done very well. And, and congratulations to you. The price going up, I think over 350% at time of recording. How's it all going? Oh, no, far. No, no, no. Not 350%, 350 That's 35,000. Oh, sorry, yes. My apologies. Yep. Uh, it's only, you're only off 100X. Ah, what's um, a few zeros between friends? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's amazing. People, so... Cryptocurrency is funny. People don't understand it at all, but they think they do. And that includes the developers. It includes the crypto personalities, no one, like almost no one actually understands what's going on. So unless you understand reflexive systems and memes and margin and you're just like, nobody knows what's really going on. So if you ask anyone what coins would be in the top 10 right now, no one would get it. They just wouldn't, they wouldn't. If you ask someone in 2000 and uh, let's call it 11, like when I got into Bitcoin and you said, okay, what is the top 10 market cap going to look like 10 years later? You would have never thought of stable coins ever. Cause why would anyone buy that? The dollar sucks. We're trying to build something to beat the dollar. So why would you buy something that is tied to the dollar? So it goes down in value just as much and doesn't pay you any yield and has extra counterparty risk. It's all the opposite of what crypto was invented. You would never ever guess that there would be multiple, multiple billion dollar stable coins. You'd never guess that. You would never guess that the world's richest guy 
would in his free time shit post and promote an insecure cryptocurrency, which is Dogecoin. Dogecoin is actually not secure. There isn't enough hash rate to defend it against profitable 51% attacks. And the, the node software that you run to, to be the network, right? So it's just a fork of Bitcoin, an old unupdated fork of Bitcoin or fork of Litecoin really, which is a fork of Bitcoin. Um, <clears throat> so it's a fork of a fork. The node software even disagrees with what the current state of the network in is depending on which uh, piece of software you're running and where you're like, that's not good. You can't have a consensus network that's like falling out of consensus with itself. So the nodes are falling over and, and you're like, you're just, you know, <laughs> you would never guess that. What you're raising now is that in preparing for this uh, discussion today, you've already covered three of the points that I was going to talk to you about. Oh, uh, so lol. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. So, I'm killing your questions just outright, bro. <laughs> before well, you, before I, I know them. reassuring because I thought, oh, I wonder if he wants to talk about this. So I've got like 15 questions. And yeah, you're talking about anything, man. Just a guide or a discussion. But uh, can I first dive into this divide within the crypto community? So I am in a, a bit further down going to talk about your interview with Harry Dent because, mate, that thing was epic. And Thank you. What? A, well, actually, I'll go right into it now. Right. So first of all, it was really heated and credit to you i think many fans in the crypto community like you for uh being very outspoken uh telling the truth being creative uh mining full blocks of uh, bitcoin in the early days but one of the strong points for me if i may that i really enjoyed with that is that you didn't lose your cool so you, essentially uh to the viewers out there if you haven't seen the interview with richard hart and harry dent you've got to see it because i actually thought he was way out of line i thought he completely lost control but what it did is it made you look better because you were just sitting there like a James Bond, taking everything <laughs> that he was throwing at you. But what Fat you James doing Bond. Life... <laughs> well, what I, what I saw was exactly what you're describing about people who don't understand it and they get so angry. So can I ask you? It, it, the, amount, the amount of wrong that he is, is so when he first explained his concepts to me, I had to catch up on some things. So 30 year treasury bill or T 30 year treasury bonds pay 2% interest. So I'm not an expert on garbage investments that pay 2% interest. I'm like, Oh, okay. So you think you're going to make money buying something that pays 2%. So you look at the chart and you're like, okay, here's, here's the yield rates of, of 30 year bonds over time. Start off at like 12% in the seventies. And then they just go down forever. And then you're like, well, you know, you can't really set these interest rates negative because people just will never buy them. They won't, they will not buy negative interest rates because it's a penalty instead of a benefit. So you're, you're telling me that you're going to buy this thing that yields 2% in the hopes that they lower rates under 2% so that the piece of garbage you bought that only yields 2% looks good because the new thing might only yield 1.5. But if they raise rates at all to try and like not overheat the economy with all time highs and everything. Then they raise rates a little bit and the rates are actually naturally rising anyway. So his, his investment thesis is entirely wrong. Like he he's betting that the chart will go from 2% to zero when it can easily go to eight or 10. And then he gets like nuked because his two year percent, his 2% paying bond is worth crap now because you can just go get a new one instead of his and get three times the yield at 6%. So, so why was he so angry? Why was he screaming? At oh, that's Wednesday? that's not. It's not. I have a ton of friends that are Asperger's light, but they don't realize it. 
So basically libertarianism is Asperger's light. And here's how it works. You, you, have, you have a finite amount of processing power in your brain. And you have to decide, or just luck will decide for you, how much of it's going to be emotional intelligence and your ability to empathize and feel and, and live the artsy-fartsy style of life. And then you've got this other side, which is cold, hard, calculating, clinical. It doesn't care about the feels, the logical side. And you very rarely find someone that has both. So if you, like, if you listen to Vitalik try and sell Ethereum, he's terrible at it. He absolutely sucks balls at selling Ethereum. I sell Ethereum way better than he does because I'm talking about the things that are interesting to everyone else because I understand everyone else. And he's just talking about the weird shit that's interesting to him that no one understands. So in his free time, he'll read, you know, research reports on weird consensus styles. No one else is doing that shit because no one cares. We're all here to get rich. He's, he's in some, you know, tangent trying to figure out consensus networks. So it's, so basically like there's an area under the curve. So it's like torque and horsepower for a motor. You could have a lot of torque, but then if you run out of RPMs, you're not really going quick. Like a diesel engine has a ton of torque. You can pull trees out of the ground, but you're going to get smoked by, by anything that has more horsepower, you know, because you've only got so many gears to do torque multiplication, etc. See, here I am going the other way. So this is what I'm talking about. I give you good analogies for why Vitalik doesn't sell his own product that well. And then I jump off into a weird tangent no one understands talking about horsepower and torque curves. So even I'm capable of getting Asperger's with it, right? So like the, the libertarian mind is that they know that they would be good people if they had lots of power and then they assume everyone else would be too. And then they don't realize we've tried these experiments. So we, we've tried living without government. It sucks balls because everyone else turns evil quickly. And then you prefer the evil of the government to the evil of the gangs in the streets. And they just don't remember that because they weren't there for that. And so the same thing, so when he has an idea, like he thinks, he thinks he understands the future with great certainty because he hasn't lost all of his money yet. He's probably only lost most of it. If you short or bearish on the market, you have lost all your money, period. Because the chart goes up and to the right because they keep printing money like it's going out of style. Now, if that chart was against a different pair, if it wasn't against the dollar, it might not go up and right to the ever, but forever. But it, since it is against the dollar, if, if the companies don't do any better at all and they just keep printing money out of thin air, the money has to go somewhere. And where do rich people put their money? Where they can get yield. And where can you get yield? Where everyone else is putting their money. It's a Keynesian uh, beauty contest where everyone puts their money, where everyone else thinks they're going to put their money. And then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and the prices keep going up. So there's a liquidity when everyone's putting their money there. Well, yeah, but liquidity, everyone talks about liquidity, liquidity, but do you, if you're selling a hundred grand, do you need a trillion dollars liquidity? No. What's your slippage on the hundred grand? Nothing. So like everyone talks about liquidity, but the only people that make money on liquidity are the exchanges. Exchanges make money. So let's talk about volume. The exchanges make money on volume, market makers money on volume. Do you, the retail trader make money on volume? No, you make it more in the move. No. You cannot. There is no instrument for you to make money on volume. It's not even an instrument. You can't even find some weird derivative that has it. I've never even heard of it. So you can't make money on volume, but everyone talks about it because they just stick it on the chart because they don't know what else to stick there. So there's a bunch of people out there that don't. They did. This is what I'm talking about. People that think that they're smart, but they're not. And I love this saying. It's like if you're so smart, how come you ain't rich? Actually, that's actually a good saying. So the, the answer to that is you can be extremely smart and be not rich. 
but you're missing that other component. You're missing the component of direction and traction. So if you're, if you're really smart, you got a lot of horsepower and you could sit there and spin your wheels. Now you're just burning up your tires. Okay. Well, what if you now decide to get traction? Okay. Well, now you're using your horsepower, putting it to the ground. Now you're moving. But what if you're moving in the wrong direction? The further you move along the wrong direction, the longer it's going to take to go back to go the right direction. So you're actually doing worse. So you need horsepower, which is intelligence. You need traction, which is, you know, the skills to make that intelligent useful. And then you need direction, which is your, your strategy instead of tactics. It's, it's it, 80% of your progress comes from 20% of your behaviors. 80% of your profit comes from 20% of your customers. 80% of your problems comes from 20% of your customers. 80% of what makes your company good comes from 20% of the features. You know, the Pareto principles everywhere. So your direction, you doing the right thing, right? So I've, look, at, look at me. Okay, I want to make a big impact in the world. All right, where's the opportunity? Well, uh, everyone sacrifices all of their life for money. And money is just made up crap that's supposed to represent the scarcity of human time and resources. That's it. Okay, well... Uh, Satoshi invented an inferior money that I could invent a better one than. Why not do that? And then you're printing money out of thin air. Can you have a better business than printing money out of thin air? No, you can't. You can't have a better business than printing money out of thin air. So, you know, I, and then how long have I been telling people this? I've been telling people this since I wrote SciVive years ago and have been giving it out for free. And it's the same exact principles. It's like you want to get into a business that's scalable that can do a 10x. Right? So I used to do consumer electronics retail. You open up a store. Now you, you want to make more money? Got to open up another store if you're doing installs. Got to get a new storefront. Got to open up new ads. Got to hire new guys. And they don't show up on time. It's just a nightmare, right? So you want to do things that either ship boxes so you can scale, do 10x in a year, or you want to do digital things like software. So you go and you look at the richest people in the world, the Fortune 500, and you see that like 60 or 70% of the top uh, 15 richest people in the world are software. Why? because there's zero marginal cost to onboard a new customer. When you print money out of thin air, the profit margins are really good. So Bitcoin proved this. But, but the funny thing is, Bitcoin's actually inferior because they don't print money out of thin air. They burn billions of dollars of electricity, enriching electric companies to pollute the environment, and weird third world companies that uh, make mining ships. They enrich the hell out of those two entities to be able to inflate the currency to reward the miners to perform the security. That's a huge negative externality. It's bad for everybody. So if you piggyback another network that's already paying that cost, like Ethereum, more securely as well, has never had inflation bugs like Bitcoin, you know, anyone could have minted as many free Bitcoin as they wanted twice. One time they had to roll back the network. Another time a developer caught it and reported it. A Bitcoin cash developer caught it and alerted them before he could have just used it. He could have minted as many free Bitcoin as he wanted, period. And by the way, well, I'm, I know I figured out a way that if you do that, you can keep the money without the network like forking the money away from you. But I'm not going to tell you how to do it in case that ever happens again. I don't want you to figure out how to, to keep your money as a, yeah, as a bad actor. Are you, are you worried about the gas fees in Ethereum though? Because it, it's just getting out of control. Bear market right? solves all this, mate. People, people don't think the bear market is ever coming. What happened the last... Okay, so I think, I think the crypto is going to have a bear market. Is it right this minute? Don't know. Don't know if it's right this minute. But I see a hell of a lot of topping indicators, a hell of a lot. So let's, so let's say, let's just assume, and it doesn't have to be the case, but let, so, so let's take a look at the bear market from 2013 to the beginning of 2018. 
that bear market lasted, I believe, a thousand days. Then we went from 20k on, to we, three. We had a run up at 2017. The end of 2017 was. I'm talking about the 2013 bear from 1300 yeah. down to 266. Yeah. And then from 266 up to 20k to break the new all-time high of 1300. So from 1300 to 266 to 1300 again, that was about a thousand days. Then we went from 20K down to 3K, back to 20K, took exactly a thousand days. Or like maybe, maybe 1,058, you know, they're both about a thousand days. So you're like, so if you were just some noob and you're like, ah, the market will always do the same thing over again. And the common saying in technical analysis is that the market doesn't repeat itself, but history does rhyme. So the new thing tends to, to do something similar to the, the last time. So you would have been right. You've been like, hey, you know what? I bet this reaches a new all-time high in, th in a thousand days, just like it did last time. And you would have been right. Oh, you know what? I bet it drops 85% just like t last time. You would have been right. So, hey, hey man, if you're a retard and you look at the chart and you're like, yo, made a new all-time last thousand days, dropped 85%, <laughs> printed money, on point, boom, easy. People say trend lines don't work. You're like, well, Keeps tapping his trend line, <laughs> like it's it's really. So some of the some of this TA stuff is like, nah, it's not set in stone, but a lot of times, yeah, it's right. So if we're gonna do another eighty five percent drop, where might we do that from? And then you're like, well, I would want to see irrational exuberance, which I'm quoting from the history of market bubbles chart, right? So I'm gonna look up, I'm gonna look up this chart real quick because it's fun to quote and because it's. Once you're looking point. up that chart. I mean, sure. of course, it's moving in cycles, and you've somehow tapped into another one of my future questions for you, which is TA. What value does it hold? <laughs> it's a bit weird how connected we are here. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you if you look at these cycles, we are due because you have these yeah. run-ups that go for a short time. Um, but it's almost anticlimactic. Like for people saying that, you know, this is the end and we're now pulling back and we're going back into the bear market. I, I kind of feel that it's like, Oh, was that it? It's kind of anticlimactic, like comparative to the other bull runs that we've had. Mm, and then we have a lot of push, a lot of commentators saying a hundred grand is coming up. We've got a hundred grand by the end of twenty. But that's just a two X, man. In crypto, I mean, Hex will do a two X in a week. Like, are oh, you really? I mean, old coins, of course. You could do that in an afternoon. Yeah, like, oh, you're you're really hoping for that two X, but you're risking the negative eighty five percent. So, so, so I'll give you, I'll give you some technical analysis, uh, tips and tricks. So I told you about fractals of measuring the horizontal width, you know, how many days were you down? Um, then we've got elongating cycles. So we used to go up a lot higher and faster and then dip and then higher and faster. And basically on a logarithmic chart, we're kind of falling over, which means the cycles are elongating. So really like our last thousand day dip. I would have assumed it would be maybe 1200 days or something like that from cycle elongation, but it didn't happen. Um, and then you have other commonalities. Like we had a, a big 40% dip washout of everybody back in the previous bear. And then we went up and then this time we had a 65% washout of everybody because of the COVID dip. And then we went up and you're like, Hey, you know, so you, you're, you're trying to wonder, is that survivorship bias? Am I forcing a commonality there? Is this correlation and not causation, things like that. In this particular instance, there's a lot of causation because the people that were forced to sell lower, now they can't sell higher. So when you have a huge capitulation wick that forces people to sell at prices they don't want to sell at, you reduce the sell pressure later because they're no longer in position to sell. 
So you wash out a lot of cell pressure. So there's, there's structural, there's structural market dynamics that look very simple on the chart, but have like actual massive underlying game theory as to, to why that looks like that. Um, so if you look at the run up from 2666 to 20K, after it broke the new all time high, it did a 15X. So a 13K top to 20K is a 15X. Okay, well now, you know, Bitcoin went from 20K to 60K, okay? So is that, that's a 3X. Okay, so if it did a fractal of the 2017 madness, which ended in tears, by the way, 85% dip, just like it's done before, and just like I'm gonna assume it's gonna do again. Because I don't, I, I'll give you the evidence that, that says we might not get a, a dip as deep as 85%, and then you have to wait it. You're like, well, maybe we will, maybe we won't. And I'm going to give you both points and, and you have to try and guess what the likelihood is. So the cycle length should have elongated, but it didn't. It just did a thousand days. The previous all time hop, uh, all time high was 1300 to 20K, which is a 15X. So now our top was 20K. So what's a 15X on top of 20K? It's like, uh, what, like 300K? Okay, and we already did 60. Well, let, me, let me make sure I do the math right here. I wish I had my chart open. Like I'm just doing this from memory. I'm I'm looking at charts now. Yeah. So 20k over 1300 is a 15x. That's right. And then 20k times 1500 or 15, it's 300k. So if we already did 60k and the top is 300k, then your your maximum like upside from 60 is like a 5x, and that's like it. Now, remember how I told you the cycle is elongating? That cycle elongation also reduces the height of your tops. So if you do the regression chart of what mathematical formula linear regressed will generate a chart of this form, you end up with the cycle elongation and you end up with lower highs. So you're not gonna do another 15X. So it's very easy for Bitcoin to go from a penny to a dollar Harder for it to go from a dollar to a hundred. Harder to go from a hundred to a thousand. Now you see, from a dollar to a hundred is a hundred x, but from a hundred to a thousand is only ten x. You see, so your x's keep getting lower as the weight of the economic system gets heavier. It's like right now people are bragging, they're like, "Hey, look, you know, Elon Musk bought up one point five billion, and he barely even moved the chart." And you're like, "Yeah." So who else is going to follow him up that could actually move the chart? You got a lot of extra Elon Musk's lying around. You got a lot of extra. Is why it's, I mean, obviously these market caps are getting bigger. It's if you've got a market cap of a dollar and you put in another dollar, you just double double that. As they get bigger, it's harder to move it. That sure. Much. Yeah. Do you think because of this, this actually, this is why it's altcoin season? Is this why we're going to see a no, bigger that's run not, up where those... people are going to actually throw it in there? No, no. The, those operate those are tied together for different reasons so right now i'm speaking i'm i'm trying to give you i'm trying to give you a guess as to like if you were going to try and pick the okay we're going to 85 percent dump again where from i'm just giving you ideas as to where that might be from and i'm trying to tell you what technical analysis would tell you your top is going to be so if you look at the linear regression charts you look at the stock to flow models you look at elongating cycles reducing height of of increases I don't think 300K is, is, is realistic. I don't think it's in the cards. And particularly considering those Mt. Gox coins are coming out, and that's going to be $5 billion of Bitcoin hitting the market at once. Probably more than $5 billion on, now. Is, 
Is that ever or just in 2021? Oh, it's going to, as soon as they can. Bro, can you imagine how bad those guys want their money? Can oh, you imagine how bad I they mean, want their money? When you said that you won't see 300K, do you mean like we'll never see a 300K? Oh, you'll see it eventually, not? but like maybe after an 85% dip. So that's $8.4 billion at 60K that Mt. Gox is sitting on. So we'll just call it $8 billion. So Mt. Gox at some point is going to pay other creditors $8 billion and more. They also have Bitcoin Cash as well, but I mean, I guess it's only worth like 1% of that or whatever. So when $8 billion hits the market at one time, so if you, if you take all of Micro, Michael Saylor's buys, which are maybe like two or three billion, let's call it three for giggles. I don't think it is, but we'll call it three. So Michael Saylor bought three billion. Let's say Grayscale bought three billion. Or, I mean, I think Grayscale bought. Uh, so Grayscale has 3%. So they've got like less than three billion. And then let's say Michael Saylor has two billion. So Square that's like five well. billion. Square's only got 150 million, it's not shit. So- Trump oh, change. Pretty much, it really is. It, like in in Bitcoin, that really ain't shit. So you, you're not even gonna dip, like 150 million of shit. But if eight billion is, because eight billion is 8,000 billion. And 8,000 is a fuckload bigger than 150 by like 50 X. So, so when those Gox coins come, dip, Bitcoin price is getting fucked, period. It is. Because how are you gonna find $8 billion of, oh, I, I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm always just gonna go at the 85, 85% dip because it's what it's always done. Now, what is the case that you don't do an 85% dip? Now, by the way, I got a lot of other topping signals I'm gonna give you. Um, but here's the thing, I'm not coming out and calling the top because you could get another 2X from here. Like Bitcoin could go 100 and I don't wanna call the top like, you know, early. So I'm telling you, it's it's heat, it's hot. This is a fine place to take some profit. Yes, it can go higher, but people are spending $100,000 for JPEGs. Fuck you guys. If you're spending $100,000 on a JPEG, you're the irrational exuberance that makes markets fucking crash. So, oh, well, why is the market gonna crash just because some guy bought a $100,000 JPEG? Well, that guy used to be holding crypto. And the only reason he bought a $100,000 JPEG is because he feels rich now because he's rich on crypto. So he's going to give his crypto, AKA spend, AKA sell, sell his crypto, sell it. What does that do to the price? Moves the fucking price down. And he's gonna sell it for some stupid JPEG picture. Why? Because he's a de degenerate gambler is why. Do they sell real art in the real world? Yes, they do. Do they sell I'm digital art in the real world? Yes, they do. Is it beautiful? Yes, it is. Is there a reason to reward speculators with the majority of the profit from these endeavors for creating virtual roulette wheels with pixelated semi-artsy ticker symbols for the slots on the roulette wheel? It's just fucking gambling. It's degenerate, it's disgusting. Can you imagine selling your Bitcoin in 2011 to buy somebody's fucking JPEG and lose your 5 million X run I mean, you didn't get 5 million X, maybe you got a 2 million X or a 200,000 X, whatever. You're not getting a 200,000 X in your stupid JPEG. You're not. So you're, so you're selling the world's best performing asset class, fungible tokens, where when one guy buys a ticker symbol, it's good for you, the other guy. And you're trading it for these non-fungible tokens where one guy buys some other guy's stupid, dumb JPEG, and now your stupid, dumb JPEG doesn't go up in value because it's non-fungible. It's horrible. It's disgusting. It's a giant waste We're of money. It everywhere though i mean look at the michael jordan card that sold recently i think for three quarters of a million dollars and that's during the well are we in a global financial crisis we're in a no, big pullback with you're only in a financial COVID. crisis if you're poor 
If you have a real job and work for a living, you're in a financial crisis. If you're a rich piece of shit, you're flying high with all-time highs fucking everywhere. The rich are getting richer and poor are getting poorer. This is what's happening. So so when, when we were talking to um, Mr. Dent and he was getting quite fired up and, and passionate, it, do, do you think, is it because he was trying to say that you're wrong? Well, no, it's just emotional oh. unintelligence. So, so he is... He is making outrageous claims that the chart doesn't support and he's backing them up with fuck all non-outrageous evidence. So, you know, I would say something like, hey, you know, all the bears got killed off. They lost all their money. And he's like, yeah, that's why you should listen to me because I'm the last one left. You're like, no, that's framing error. It means we shouldn't listen to you because you're going to die too. But you just don't understand that you made a framing error. <laughs> like you think it's good that you're the last one left on the, on the hangman's uh, pl platform. Nope. Did, did you help him with that information he was asking for? Do you remember he was talking about, uh, show me later how to do these um, um, stable no, coins? Didn't. Did you guys actually follow up after that? I didn't. I didn't follow up. I mean, I, I messaged him, but like, I, I didn't really follow up. I'm busy. Um, I'd have to check my email to see whether he responded. I, I almost never check my email ever. I hate email. Um, so, so basically, even if he is right, there's a dip. Buying bonds sucks balls. That's not good. It's just not um find some other way to like the the idea i gave him is better um and the idea that and he agrees with this part you're not going to get the top right no one ever does you are not going to time the top because tops almost never happen and you're in a chart that's going up and to the right for almost ever so statistically with no other evidence or knowledge do you think new all-time highs causes dips? Nope. New all-time highs are usually followed by new, new all-time highs in the S&P 500 and Bitcoin and almost everything because they just keep printing the money. Well, okay, so what are you going to use for an indicator? <laughs> you're like, all the, they're all dead. They're all extinct. And then I try and explain this. So if you're bearish on the market and you suggest that anyone ever take a short, you're horribly stupid. You don't know what you're doing. You're going to lose all your money, just like all the other shorts did. Do you think it is an accident or coincidence that on Wall Street, there are no firms left that just are short only houses? They lose all their money all the time and they all get destroyed. And what is left is thousands and thousands of thousands of people that just go long and get rich as hell because the market goes up and to the right all the time. And then these couple guys that think they're smarter than everyone else that just don't understand the math and they all get wrecked and destroyed. Here's the math. If you invested... $20,000 into Bitcoin at a dollar, and you wrote it up to 20,000, you'd have $40 million. Maybe more, I think you'd have 400 million. Yeah, you'd have 400 million. So 20 grand at a dollar turned into 40 million. Now that we did 60K, it turned into 1.2 billion. So your 20 grand would have turned into $1.2 billion. Goddamn, it's a lot of money. Okay, now let's say instead you, you traded the same move, the same move of a dollar to 60K. And, but you went short. You put in 20 grand. See, I like using the 20 grand top instead of the 60 grand top because the math's a little easier. So you bought 20 grand, it went up to, uh, to, uh, to 20,000, you made your 40 million or 400 million. Let me just do the math real quick. 20 grand squared, I'm pretty sure it's 400 million. Yeah, it's 400 million. So you got your 400 million bucks on your $20,000 investment. Instead, you decide to go short instead of long. You short the top at 20,000 back in 2018. Well, 
27 and 2017. Ethereum's top was in 2018, the beginning. It was delayed about 42 days after Bitcoin's top. So you short your 20 grand and Bitcoin goes to fucking $1. Let's say it goes to zero, actually. Bitcoin goes from 20 grand down to zero. You can't possibly get a better performance on your short. How much money did you make on your 20 grand? Shorting Bitcoin at 20,000 and going down to zero. Do you know how much you made? If you don't, I'll tell you. Less than, less than had you longed it. You made 20 grand. Way. You made 20 grand. That's it? That's it. So you could have made $400 million long. Yeah, but of, of course, those people would be leveraging that. That's no. short, I'm guessing. No, because you get fucking liquidated. So, it, okay, let's say you took leverage. Then it amplifies the $400 million even more because they, they just both multiply. So if you, if you had taken leverage on your 20 grand long, you would have made billions and billions. If you had taken 10x leverage on your $20,000 purchase at a dollar and you never got liquidated, which I'm not sure it's possible, but let's say for, for hypothetical in this example that you didn't get liquidated, right? So if you didn't, like, if it never dipped down to 80 cents, you didn't get liquidated. Well, like, you know, 81 cents or something like that. So, so let's say you, you took 10x margin and don't ever margin trade, you lose all your fucking money. Every other YouTuber on Twitter is going to tell you to margin trade because that's how they make rich. They get rich on you. You margin trade, you're losing all your money and you'll regret the shit out of it. So, and the margin trading platforms, just to interject there, they are out of control at the moment. The amount that are growing and the well, amount, I don't know if they're It's just because people think you. they're smarter than they are and they lose all their money. And you're like, hey. I mean, it's because obviously the market's there. The people are. Um, well, no one else is telling them the truth. I'm the yeah. only guy telling you you're going to lose all your fucking money. Everyone well, else on YouTube with. is giving you the referral link to go lose all your money. So they're yeah. making money on you losing all your money. I'm not making money on saving your ass. Saving your <laughs> ass actually makes me a lot of enemies. Telling the truth about what's healthy for you makes me a lot of enemies. So whatever, fuck them. I've got fuck you money. I can tell the truth. I can afford it. So your, your 10X long, $20,000 investment at a dollar got you a position of $200,000, which then multiplied 100X, or no, 20,000X actually, from a dollar to 20,000. So instead of making 400 million, you would have made 10X 400 million which would be 4 billion. So your 10X long $20,000 risk from a dollar to 20,000 made you $4 billion. Your 10X short, which gets liquidated in a fucking 5% up move. Now, what are the chances that you called a short? Actually, 10, 10X long is gonna get you liquidated in a, at a 10% move or like 9.8, cause there's some extra premium there. So like, do you think you called the top and it didn't ever for a second make a 10% bump over where you shorted? get fucked. It ain't happening. It's not happening. You're, you're going to get liquidated. You're not calling that top. There is going to be a scam wick that knocks you the fuck out and then and you'll be right. And the market will go where you thought it would. And you'll be watching it sad that you lost all your money. So, so now you got your 10 X short, which is your position is now 200 grand. Bitcoin goes down to zero. You made 200 grand. That's how that shit works. So your $20,000 10 X leverage short, made 200 grand. Your $20,000 10X long made 4 billion. It's infinitely more profitable to be long than short. Now, this yeah, is counterintuitive look, to people. They're like, how on can that, that be? Point, on that point though, 
I mean, we're talking about huge spreads here. I mean, from a top to a bottom. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's go the other way. Let, let's say we're talking about a 2% movement and people are day trading or even week trading or what month but, trading. And they're just waiting for a, you know, a 1% pullback and they short 1%. What, what are your thoughts what on direction, that? What direction is the chart usually moving? Up and to uh, the right. Up and right. Yeah, up and right, of course. So you're like, hey, you know what? Fuck this up and the right chart. I want to try and make money when it dips occasionally and hope I don't get scam liquidated. You're, if you long, your maximum loss is the money you put up, period. So if, so if, you, if you put up 100 grand, so let's, let's just talk about buying spot. Because look, all leverage does is multiply the spot shit, right? So if, if you buy for a dollar and you sell for 20,000, you made 20,000 X. Okay, you got 10 X leverage, cool. You made uh, 20,000 X times 10, right? Okay, you're sh- so the, the, the important part here is you got to take on, for $20,000, you got to take on 20,000 Bitcoin a position because Bitcoin was so cheap. But when the price is appreciated 20,000 fold, now for you to take on a Bitcoin a position costs you 20,000 per one. So your position size in Bitcoin is 20,000 times smaller, which is why your profit is 20,000 times lower. Because to play the game, to play the short game, you've got to buy or rather sell a Bitcoin of value. So it costs you 20,000 X more to play the game after everything's already inflated. And it works this way for all assets, which is the reason all the shorts get annihilated forever. But everyone thinks they're smarter than the market. They look at an ecosystem where all the shorts have been killed for decades. And they're like, oh, well, huh, I'm good with math. So, you know, I don't care that the reality, like it would be like going out into the wilderness and seeing dead hitchhikers, dead hikers all along this trail. And there's just a trail of dead bodies. And you're like, hey, what could go wrong? Step over to dead bodies here. You're getting fucking killed. There's something there killing the hikers. Do not walk over the trail about dead bodies. Your ass will get killed. So I'm telling you the math of why being long dominates being short, absolutely crushes it across all time frames. You're better off being flat. If you fuck up and you short with no leverage and the price doubles, you lost all your money. If you shorted with 2x, 50% pump, you lost all your money. And it doesn't stop. They will margin call you and take your house and take everything. And you'll just keep losing forever. Bitcoin did a 5 million x. Can you imagine being short the 5 million x for any point of time? You're just going to get fucking annihilated. So if you want to time markets, which you shouldn't, and you want to trade, which you shouldn't. There's only two people that get rich in crypto, founders and holders, and everyone else gets wrecked. So if you're not a holder or a founder, you're going to lose all your money and you're going to amplify the returns of those two. What classes. about the exchanges though, that are taking well, all the founders, nuts. founders of currencies or exchanges. Okay. That's why I use the term founders. So, yeah. and that's it. Those are the only people that get rich. The traders get fucking annihilated. Well, I, I think that <laughs> the truth is in the markets that the reality is that that's why you have so many, as I was saying, well, we were saying that they're, making so many of these sites where they're encouraging uh, shorting, longing and shorting, as well as margin trading, because it's like a casino. And as we can see, well, they, people they, are so, the, so many people are treating this like a casino. Because it is. It is. It's a fucking casino. Mm. Hey, uh, you go to the roulette wheel, and you're like, yo, the odds are stacked against you, but if you pick the right number, you make mad gains. And then they go to the roulette wheel of shitcoin market cap, and they're like, oh, well, there's my roulette wheel, but instead of numbers, I've got ticker symbols, and uh, I don't know shit about shit. Now, here's the funny part. The funny part is, if you buy a currency with product market fit, the odds are actually in your favor because the ecosystem in general is expanding. 
because it's such a good underlying business idea of replacing the shit legacy systems with something with tax advantages, counterparty risk reduction, better hours, better uptime. So because all those underlying things are so awesome, you know, that you, you just, even if you fuck up, you're much likely to do better than just holding cash. You know, like it depends on how you're fucking up. Like you can fuck up to a degree where it just goes to zero. You get rug pulled, it goes to zero. Your thing gets hacked, it goes to zero. There's no product market fit, it goes to zero. You get in a scam, it goes to zero. There's a lot of ways to lose money in crypto. But if you choose the things that have product market fit and longevity, like look at Hex. Hex has people locking up money for 15 years at a time, millions and millions of dollars for 15 years at a time. Is there anything else in the entire world, in the history of the world, where anyone has locked up millions of dollars for 15 years, they can't sell it, they can't do anything with it? It's never happened. You buy a T-bill, you can get out. You buy a bond, you can get out. You get a mortgage, you can get out. You lock your Hex for 15 years, you ain't getting out. You can't. You can wait seven and a half years, lose all of your interest and get your principal back. You want to you wait not seven and a half years? You want to you only do three? You get murdered with penalties. Murdered. And there's benefit all the other stakers. So Let me touch on that point because uh, this actually leads to uh, a question that I had written down before. I, I'm wondering, so when we reach those staking periods where people have they've staked for a certain amount of period, a time, and they reach that time, and of course they, now, they can now pull their money out and liquidate and take it for whatever they want, Mm-hmm. Is that a risk? Is that a risk in the self? So we see all that all the time. Itself. How do you think the price has dipped so many times? <laughs> I mean, we see people sell the living shit out of the hex price all the fucking time. I mean, hex has dipped like. But if they've but if they made those, like you know, five or six times. Oh, so, I'm looking at it now. It's a crazy. Well, it's just, it's like any other crypto. It's just going well, up and no, down all over it, the place. It is not like any other crypto. That chart looks yeah. different. Hex really God. beats to the tune of its own drummer. I have never seen a chart like that in my life. Oh, I have no, never man. seen any wild. other price chart that looks like the hex price chart. I've never seen one. So right now against the dollar pair, here's what we're doing. But it's pointed up into the right. Your low, your lower lows, your, your higher lows are, it's it's up into the right with reducing volatility. So on the USD chart, you're getting like compression and like loading up of a spring. And then from TA, you'd expect it to break out to the top. So, so I mean, I'm, I don't I'm look looking at, I, I agree. You, you've definitely got, you've got higher lows, but currently not higher highs. So you really I mean, have... we, we made a new all-time high like a month and a half ago, like six weeks ago. Yeah, and um, about the second of that November. Not, you know, like <laughs> how how yeah, often since, do you need your new all-time highs? Since then, you've got um, you've got higher lows, but lower highs. You, what I see is, is a sideways uh, wedge. So we've got an ascending, sorry, well, a slightly ascending wedge sure. moving to the right. But yeah. yeah, up and to the right, you'll get no argument from me there. Yeah. But so, you, so you're not concerned that w- when we get to these these staking periods, people get there. Uh, but we've already so seen initially. we've already seen this. A guy, a guy freak, a guy with like forty thousand Bitcoin, which is like yeah. two billion dollars. He free claimed all his coins, and he had a big ass. Oh, stake he, he did the stake. Say that again. Sorry, he had forty thousand Bitcoin. Some guy had st- like nine percent of all the free claims. Single. Oh, so address. he did the snapshot at forty thousand Bitcoins. Yeah, he he had forty thousand BTC. Wow. Did he use to free wow. claim? That was 9% of all the claims. Yeah. And I was curious. I'm like, hey, what is this guy going to do? Yeah. So he had like like 300 million coins come out. And he staked them for for 15 years. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> Love it. And Love he pulled it. out early. No, no. He, he Because when you free claim, you have a minimum 350-day period you had to wait. And then yep. most people figured, oh, there'll be a dip then. So then they extend their stake a little bit longer. And yep. this was very common practice. And so this particular guy 
you know, he had maybe like a 360 day stake, if I remember correctly. And then, you know, I was curious what he's going to do because 300 million coins, a lot of coins, you know? And, uh, I mean, it's maybe like almost 30 million bucks or something. I think, I don't know. What's, what's the price? Let's call it like, hang on while you're doing that. Cause in my deep dive years ago, uh, there was an anti whale function. So that anti whale function, I think it was 10,000 coins from memory. Was that the Yeah, but I think he split his wallet up to avoid that. So it was a silly whale penalty, but if you split your wallet into under a thousand, then it didn't affect you. Was it a thousand? Was it? So does it that mean he had 40 wallets or he just put I think it so, all yeah. in? Yeah. So, I think so how'd you know? How'd you because know he could use the same ETH address. So okay. he split up his wallet, his BTC wallets for different claim events, but he used the same ETH address. Is how you know that they're linked. Just um, out of curiosity, you you set that anti whale, mm -hmm. uh, I guess parameter, but we even spoke about how to crack it quite openly, as you said, break it up into different wallets. Mm -hmm. But out of curiosity, was there anyone who just didn't bother and said, oh, "I've got 50,000, 20,000, 10,000 bitcoins," and yeah. just stacked yes. it all in one yep. shot? We got and guys that didn't. Penalty. We got guys that didn't use referral links which means they got 10% loss off the bat. We got guys that didn't yeah. self refer, which means they got 32% less off the bat or 22%, the no. 32%. We got guys that like, yeah, we've seen all types of suboptimal game theory, you know, operation, the people that just didn't care to learn the system well enough. And that's fine. You know, it's like, okay, so then you just got less free money. Fine. When oh yeah, there's no more free claims. In. It's over. There's no more referral program. There's no more free claims, which is so funny. So when why would, Looking at people coming in now, so you've mm -hmm. got someone who's just hearing about Hex right now. Mm -hmm. They come in. Uh, what's the benefit to them coming in? What's the benefit of a newbie coming in right now and buying some Hex? Well, uh, cryptocurrencies of product market fit tend to appreciate in excess of any other asset that's ever existed in the history of mankind. So Hex did 352x in its first year. And had you bought the dip after big payday, which everyone assumed there would be a dip, you're up five or six extra money right now. So, you know, basically in Hex, the volatility is a feature. It's a benefit. People that are patient receive money from people that are impatient. People that buy tops and sell bottoms give their money to people that buy bottoms and sell tops. So, it, you know, we created a system that rewards delayed gratification, which is what all personal development boils down to. Choose the long-term good thing over the short-term thing. And that's all personal development is. So, you know. Look, it, I got, so on my channel, I'm getting, even when I'm not talking about Hex, just because I've been, you know, talking about Hex for years, but in my videos now, when I'm not talking about Hex, mm -hmm. I get a lot of the people, uh, good people from the community just saying, they're so happy with Hex and they're, yeah. they're grateful uh, to me, to you. I mean, I didn't really do anything except take the risk of spending ages, hours researching it and making that initial deep dive video, which actually still gets hits, hits mm -hmm. randomly, nice. even though it's a couple of years old. But they're very grateful to me and they're very grateful to you. Is it fair to say that you made a lot of people very rich? Yeah. What I invented works amazingly well. Everything which else man... is getting fucked up all around us while we're perfectly functioning. Perfectly. So why are people, this is a bit odd. Because they're get. goddamn so, idiots. They're poor, no, no, stupid, wrecked the, plebs, period. You, you, they're you fucking retards. Gonna ask. What was the question I was going to ask? I think why Why does everyone hate hacks? Why do people talk yeah, shit about yeah, it? The, yeah. <laughs> why are they so angry about because it? Because they I, suck is... dicks. In their free time, they literally find a bag of dicks and suck each one. <laughs> they're, they're the worst, My... stupidest, shittiest fucking people possible. Look, the, the dicks aside... I'll... It really does get me wondering, like, the anger that's out there towards 
what you've done. And the, right back in my review, before you even launched, I said, I actually can't see the risk in the sense that there was a bit of flack when they said, hang on, now he's getting Ethereum, but we'll, we'll get into Ethereum a bit later. But initially, all you were saying was, you give me a snapshot of your Bitcoin. Don't give me your Bitcoin. Just give me a snapshot that you've got a wallet. This shit's I already public. Give... Like it, the, your yeah, balance on the blockchain it. is motherfucking public. Yeah, but That's how still... we know it's not fake. So here's the, if you so... if you don't take free money, you are a fucking idiot. Let me tell you what coins gave you free fucking money. Here it comes. Ready? If you're a Bitcoin holder, you got free Bitcoin gold, Bitcoin rhodium, Bitcoin cash. Uh, if you held your Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV. If you if you uh, you also got XLM, you also got XRP. Oh, you didn't take any of that free money? How fucking stupid are you? How fucking stupid are you? And don't you feel shit in the bear market when your net value keeps going fucking down? And you could have got all this free money, and that free money pumped hard as fuck. You know what else you could have got? You could have got free hex. Now guess what else? If you got hex, so I used all the useful things before everyone else did. Hexakins were using Uniswap because we made Uniswap popular. Then Uniswap did an airdrop. Hexakins got millions and millions and millions of dollars of free fucking money for doing goddamn nothing. You literally got like $1,200 for just using that shit. And by the way, that was when the price was $4. Now the price is fucking 30 or 25. Wow. So boy, using hacks, you're getting free money rammed down your throat all the time. Oh, you used one inch exchange because I told you how to use it. You set your limit orders there, or you used MooniSwap to be a liquidity provider, which is a competitive product to Uniswap. You use that. More free money, baby. Hex gives you free ass money. Oh, you want some more free money? Well, Papa Richard Hart has you covered. You want to get anonymity on Ethereum? Here's how you do it. You <laughs> use Tornado.cash. Oh, guess what, homies? If you use Tornado Cash, free more money. How much more free money do you want? And people will tell you shit like, oh, there's new free lunch. No, motherfucker, you ain't looking. There is a ton of free lunch, a goddamn veritable shit ton of free lunch, and the Hexkins have been fucking eating it up and buying more Hex with it. Hey, thank you, One Inch. Dump it. Buy Hex. Uh, thank you, uh, Uni. Dump it. Buy Hex. Uh, thank you, Torn from uh, Tornado Cash. Dump it. Buy Hex. Thank you, all these free coins. Dump it. Buy Hex. Free ass money. Fucking free. And now who's been hacked from claiming any of this shit? Nobody. So who but the yeah, fuck is that, right and who's was, wrong? wrong? I'm handing out yeah. free money by the damn millions, millions and millions and millions. 300,000 Bitcoin claim tax. When by claim tax means they minted that shit in the contract themselves. It means they minted their own coins in the contract. They ran the hex code. They used the contract. Who had a problem? Anybody get doxxed? Nope. Anybody lose any money? Nope. Any downtime? Nope. 100% uptime. Goddamn perfect. Okay, let's talk about some motherfuckers with downtime. Are we ready to hear about some downtime? Kraken, down. Coinbase, down. OKX, down. KuCoin, down. And when I say down, I mean fucking hacked. OKX, founder arrested. BitMEX, founders arrested. Motherfucker, hex. 100% every day. 100% every day. Works perfect every day. D someone wants to talk shit? Who? It just blows my mind. I give away free books, free chat, no ads on my YouTube channel, free everything, free coins, free fucking everything. People are going to talk shit about me, a self-help author trying to get people to quit smoking, quit drinking, quit gambling, quit trading, live better fucking lives. I get messages every day with people whose lives I have positively affected and positively changed. Who the fuck else in crypto gets messages like that? I'm not just helping people get rich. I'm helping be, people be fulfilled and trying wealth and happiness and love in their fucking lives. Is anyone else in crypto doing that shit? No. 
It's a bunch of assholes out there just trying to pump their own backs. Don't really actually give a fuck about you. So I'm the punch. I'm the. I cannot possibly do more to be a better person. I cannot fucking give more than I'm giving. I'm leading the best life I can possibly live. And people talk shit and it just disgusts me. Absolutely fucking it, it, disgusts mate, me. It blows my mind as well. <clears throat> like um, and I'm not just. I think many of us in the crypto space feel it. Uh, not just what you're going through, but what we're going through at the other end when when we try and share information and look for new ways of making money and sharing the wealth, people get angry. And as we started this interview, I spoke about Dent getting angry. Now we've just explored people getting he angry get, at he, he got angry at me, even though I agreed with a lot of his shit. I mean, I agree. Yeah, with, I know. I but agree with a lot of his shit. He's just... Uh, older school um, economist, if you will, in Australia. So his community, his audience is very different to our audience. And many people were intrigued about what we're talking about with crypto, but there was a lot of anger. People were getting very angry. Now, hey, that's if, free if, likes and free clicks. Donald Trump became president on anger. Okay. Yeah. I'll if you want to give yeah. me anger, the algorithm rewards it. You want to click dislike? That, YouTube's going to rank my site. Algorithm loves it. Hate me. I enjoy it. Now, here's the other thing. Right, oh, so you hate hex? Oh, go ahead and sell it. Oh, you can't sell it, bitch? Because you didn't buy it? Well, I just don't really give a fuck if you don't like it then, huh? But some people that hear about it are going to fucking love it. So it's an asymmetrical upside. And people just, people try and like avoid conflict. They're like, motherfucker, that's where all the profit is. Being, being interesting and fun to watch and saying the truth that happens to be outrageous is what is interesting. That, that's the reason I get more views than Andreas fuckboy Antonopoulos. Nobody watches his shit because they already heard it. They're like, yeah, Bitcoin good. All right, got it. Thanks, man. B government suck. Got it. Girls shouldn't be able to work at booths because you don't like uh, girls. Hey, I, I got okay. to call you on one thing there. Well, uh, let, mm. me get, let me tell you one about Andreas. <clears throat> the other day... I, 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 I'm a big fan of his and I watched a lot of his stuff and he's the one who sort of made me grasp the concept of Bitcoin. But he did do the other day something that I thought was very powerful. He was at a, a presentation, like he was at some conference and he smashed the crap out of the organization that actually sponsored the conference. He's basically said, if you want to know who's doing all this bad stuff, terrible paraphrasing here, but he said, look, look down on your name tag now, that logo of what's on your name tag is what's causing all this trouble again terrible paraphrasing but it was really well, amazing hey, to see. when he gets some Imagine... shit right i agree with the some shit it gets right like government suck okay bitcoin good okay ethereum good yeah i'm on board with that if you if you book him for an event he makes you sign a contract as an organizer that there will be no booth girls so if you're smart you can work at a booth but if you're pretty fuck yourself you don't get any money because fuck capitalism that's disgusting to me so what he decided what, he's what, a social justice warrior that has yeah. rainbow flags and peace symbols in his motherfucking username who blocks everybody on site, who said bad shit about my product, but my product's goddamn amazing, right? And yeah, he has no text. Yep. You're like, hey, hey, fuck boy. You know, I'm a person that actually builds something. You ain't never built shit. You talk a lot. I read your fucking useless ass book, Mastering Ethereum. It didn't help me do a goddamn thing. It was entirely 100% waste of my fucking time. So, and I bought Bitcoin before your ass and I mined blocks that you didn't mine. So I've, I've done more, like he spread the word more about Bitcoin, but he didn't fucking own any because he's not a good investor. He's not a good builder. He just likes flapping his lips and getting people to sign fucked up contracts that he will only speak at events that don't have booth girls because those girls aren't allowed to make money because he says they're not allowed to make money because he's a fucking asshole. That's disgusting to me. Girls need goddamn money, man. They need fucking jobs. So now these girls can't get work at a fucking booth now. They can't hand out brochures or shit because fuckboy Andreas will literally ban the event and shit talk it because of that. It's fucking disgusting to me. I'm in cryptocurrency for freedom, not to follow a social justice warriors motherfucking 
guidelines for, and it's more than that. He also gives you a recommended script for an agreement that the participants have to sign off on for how they'll behave at the event with all types of weird shit on there. And you're like, man, what is this? So, so to get you your two, fucking you bald ass, need to have a debate. he's I, too much I of a coward to even step. So I, I've made money trading. He has not. I've made my own currency. He has not. I have built multiple million dollar valuation companies. He is not. He's a fucking bitch that walks around the United, walks around the world saying, yeah, crypto good, government bad. Yeah, yeah, I could do that shit too, man. Cool. Now, when are you going to do more than that? When are you going to actually, this motherfucker don't even accept crypto for his donations, man. He doesn't even have a goddamn donation fucking address that you can give him money for crypto because he doesn't want your crypto. He wants to bill your fucking credit card on Patreon. The only way you can give this bitch money is through Patreon with motherfucking credit cards. He doesn't even Hang accept on, fucking I crypto. I thought you he got to be goddamn kidding. Bitcoin. I thought nope. he only accepted Bitcoin. No, he doesn't accept shit. He accepts Patreon only. Because with crypto, you can't do recurring billing. And he wants to get your ass on that recurring. And the only way we can keep in, billing your card every month is to get you on fucking Patreon. In the crypto community, you both serve a really important role. I, I hear what you're saying, but what he does is for those who are on the fringes. And I think for what you do are those who are already in the community. So if, if you imagine someone who's outside the crypto hey, look, community look, I think right he does now, a good and, job and you, shilling, and, I, and I'm happy to see him keep shilling. I hope he keeps pumping my fucking bags. Homie, you want to pump Bitcoin bags? Good, I got some. Hey, you want to pump ETH bags? Good, I got some. Maybe one day your ass will get smart and pump Hex bag too. Fine, go keep pumping, motherfucker. But it's things he don't do right, and I'm going to call it out on that shit. Period. I don't care who you are. Like, you do What's shit wrong, I'm going to call you out on it. What's the main anger with him? Like... Social justice warrior stuff. Yeah, is that... if you're a social justice warrior, man, you need to fuck off out of crypto. This this is for freedom. This this is a place to give people freedom. This ain't a place for you to try and execute your fucked up, weird, anti-reality stance on shit. It's just, it's just disgusting. We got a free market. Let the free market be free. How the fuck are you gonna make an event organizer sign some fucked up agreement that there ain't gonna be no booth girls? That people are gonna follow? You know what, man? I'll just read you the fucking guidelines, man. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking. Find well, this while shit. you do that, the. The, the irony when you're talking about social justice warriors, the, the distinction I made with crypto a long time ago was I actually believe that it brings the left and right to together. together. Let, let me explain. So the left is really, let's face it, hates big corporation. And the right really hates, if you will, big government at, at a broad, at a macro level. So it's the right true, wants though, less man. government. The left wants more government. It's not but true. In any it's not true. Oh, come try and tell me that the left aren't pushing for demo what do they call it d d democratic socialism is that what they call it now so you, what and, you and really the right have, is saying there is aren't there is not actually a left pull, you've been pull fooled. back government power there's corporate insane and corporate moderate there is no labor there is no left so so let's talk okay both the parties when, suck balls so okay when you said labor just then you meant the labor party of australia like left didn't you? I mean, I mean that most countries have an actual labor party that actually gives a fuck yep. about the workers yeah, yeah, as their yep. primary concern. We do not have that in America. Mm. Unions got annihilated. Like, I agree. That's just... why I'm surprised you raised it. I didn't, I'm yeah, impressed so, you know that. Yeah. So like there in America, we have corporate insane and corporate light and that's it. And you can't get elected unless you suck corporate dick period. Even, even people that are actually left, like maybe you say Bernie's actually left. He couldn't even get the fucking nomination. Couldn't even get the nomination. If he runs as an independent, which he's actually more in style and independent than the corporate Democrats we have now. So like, 
there's, there's shit that works. Insurance companies don't treat you. They don't, they don't produce medicine. They don't use the medicine to treat your ass. The only thing they do is steal a third of the money from the system to enrich themselves. That's all they fucking do. A third of the money of healthcare goes to enrich these dumb assholes that don't treat you and don't make any medicine. They make everything horrible. Some countries have got smart and be like, hey, you know what? We don't need that shit. We're gonna have single payer healthcare, which means everyone is now gonna pay for the government health insurance and the government's gonna pay for all your care. And everyone gets cheaper health outcomes, superior health outcomes. It works in every fucking civilized country that speaks English in the whole goddamn world. And, and others. Works in France, works in Netherlands, works in fucking everywhere. Spain, Portugal, I don't give a fuck where you live. Shit works. But in America, they just can't figure out that it works everywhere. They're just like, nope, 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 nope. We see it obviously works absolutely everywhere, so we can't do that. You know what else works? Free education. Obviously works fucking everywhere, and it is what we have for young kids. But then as soon as the young kids are a little bit older, the little bit older kids, fuck them. We're not going to have that free college shit. Doesn't make any sense. You obviously already suck socialist dick for free high school and middle school. Why don't you suck a little extra dick for free college? extra four years it obviously works for, you're obviously already pushing. doing it no but you're never gonna get it they're not pushing for that what they fucking they push for the opposite of that man so in, in the united states hang on hang on but slow down uh, uh, correct me if i'm wrong but a big success for bernie and the left per se was that college was going to be free university no. was going to pre- they were going to wipe student debt no they didn't. They, those motherfuckers didn't get elected, homie. <laughs> like they don't care what their I, I dreams were. I know they didn't, were. but that, I, I know they didn't. But that's what their policy was. That's what they. That's what they were selling. No, was. I'm. T- there is shit that works. We know it works. So if you're tired of seeing everybody get shot, having no guns works. We fucking know this for fact because we've got tons and tons of countries, most countries, where people aren't getting living shit killed out of them by guns because there ain't no goddamn guns. Americans just can't seem to figure it out. They're like, nope, 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 nope. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Okay, it doesn't work. Well, man, I lived in a hotel five years, traveled the whole fucking world, and it worked everywhere I went. And I went everywhere. Didn't hear no shootings, not a single shooting. America, I heard some fucking shootings. So you're like, uh, yes, it obviously works. Free healthcare works. Getting rid of the fucking guns works. Now, look, I love guns. I, I used to do scenario shooting. I fucking, I absolutely love guns. But if I have the option to live in a place without guns, I know it works. I know you ain't getting shot. It's a lot harder to find a bullet to get it into your body. But in America, it's real easy to get the bullets in you. Real easy. Real easy. You pull it, you, you cut in front of somebody on a highway the wrong way, you might get lit up. Cop pulls you over, you're a little twitchy, you might get lit up. You will get your ass shot in America. Easy as fuck. It's also the easiest place in the world to go to jail. You wanna go to jail? Okay, well, where is the highest percentage of the population in jail? United States. Highest percent? More than China? More than North Korea? More than any other country in history? Yes. The highest rate of incarceration of any country in the entire history of the world is the United States. So if you want to go to jail, the best possible place for your ass is the United States. If you want to get shot, the best possible place for you is the United States. Well, sounds fucked up to me. Sounds like some progress could be made. Sounds like you could adopt some successful strategies from other countries where they prove to be successful and have a little bit of that, every, a little bit less of everybody getting shot, a little bit less of everybody getting fucking uh, robbed by the insurance companies, a little bit less of if you break your leg, now your life's over, you homeless, you live in a street, you're fucked. This ain't good, man. This ain't good. So there's better ways to do things. Now, you want to know what we do have in the United States? The exact opposite of what works. Now, you want to go to college? 
get a big ass loan. So now everyone's got loans. So now there's limited space. So now the prices go up. So now we got all time high outpacing inflation in medical costs and all time high outpacing inflation in education costs. Now, if you get a student loan and you go $100,000 in debt, and now you got all these other people just graduated, anybody got no jobs, everyone's fucked because of COVID, there's no jobs, you still owe that money. Now in America, we got no debtors prisons. You don't go to prison if you owe money. But in a lot of other countries, if you owe money and you can't pay it, your ass goes to jail. That's a thing. In America, we don't have debtors prison. It used to happen before America got started. We didn't like it. We made it so we abolished that. We're like, yeah, if you, you go bankrupt instead. So if you owe money, you're just going to go bankrupt. We're going to set you to zero. You can start over. But not on your student loans, motherfucker. You get a student loan, guess what? Passed a brand new law for your ass. Can't file bankruptcy on your student loan. Fuck you. Yep. You slave yeah, forever now. That's what they actually did. So when I hear shit about what the left's going to do, what the right's going to do, now nah, I'm watching what the actual laws are. What the actual laws are now, that you used to be able to file bankruptcy on your student loan debt. Now, fuck you. You're slave forever. That's, that's where we're at. So that's the progress that was made. The progress that was made is the kids are now enslaved to the fucking debt, and they still won't get a job anyway. So now they just owe an extra hundred grand. So they enslaved forever, and then you owe interest on interest. It's absolutely fucking disgusting. And it would be easily cured, easily solved with what fucking works and every other country to have it. And you just make the education goddamn free because they're printing the fucking money anyway. This money's getting printed. The money is getting fucking printed. They're going to keep printing it. So now you just got to decide who you're going to give it to. You want to give it to the rich to make them richer, which is what they're doing today, pushing up the asset prices of everything rich people buy. Stocks, yachts, houses, that shit's new all-time highs. The shit the poor people need to buy, I guess it's lucky it's not new all-time highs. But the reason it's not is because they're just not getting any fucking money. So they can't bid up those prices. You know, rich people aren't buying loaves of bread. They don't even know what a fucking gallon of milk costs. They're drinking like oat milk and shit. They ain't even drink. They ain't even drinking cow milk. Drinking rich people milk. Shopping at fucking Whole Foods. So, man, you know, we never did finish the topic all the topping signals, by the way. <laughs> we, oh, we, mate, we, we, we knew this was going to happen. I wrote a structure yeah. for this. Uh, all um, right discussion i don't know what we want to call it an interview it's a discussion yeah. but can i just but i knew we'd go on these tangents which is why we don't really have a time limit here well yeah. i do want to touch on and i did talk about this with you i think during our first or second interview the scaredest i've been of police in my life was when i went to university in america oh yeah and i think i, I shared the story about when i was pulled up by the uh police in colorado i was walking on a footpath I think you call it a sidewalk. You done America. fucked up, so, boy. Walking. Oh, this mate, looks suspicious, mate. Gonna not, have to fucking yelling. pull you over. And they did. And and they did. They they grabbed me and they pulled me aside and they they borderline roughed me up. Now I'm gonna call it out here. I, I'm a white guy, so the the claim that they only do this to black people. I can only talk on my own experience, but good to everybody. Uh, you know, they, they, statistically, yeah. white so, people get shot more than black people. As a percentage, it's not just because they meet more white people. They not only meet more white people, but then they shoot them at higher percents too. So is this this concept that the police is just only mean to black people? Not they mean to everybody. And you know why they're mean to everybody? Because the criminals are mean as fuck to them. So it's escalating on both sides. You pull well, the, someone over the in Miami, the bullets thing, start flying at your ass. Yeah, what was the only good thing about that experience? It's like I guess I was treated equally in the sense that <laughs> they 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 didn't treat me any differently to. Uh, what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing over there, you know, they, they were really, really aggressive. And as I said, my 
my crime was walking on a footpath. I'd understand if I was throwing rocks or driving or... I've had this shit all the time, yeah. You know, and, and it was just... And, and in the, you know, I said, like, what seems to be the issue? And, you know, the accent didn't help. Colour didn't help. The politeness didn't work. Nothing helped. All they wanted to do was rough me up. And, yep. and, and it really scared me. It scared me. And it's I not thought, all cops, but it's just enough. It's like there are good cops, too. But I got to tell you, of I'm, course. I'm pretty sure I've met more bad than good. I'm pretty fucking sure. Are you? Because you got to understand like what, how you meet them, right? Like if, if you're just partying with them, okay, you probably, everyone's pretty happy. But if you're getting pulled over, man, you're getting fucked with hard. Okay, get out of the car. Sit on your hands. Try sitting on your hands on the ground for 30 minutes in a nice suit. Your back's going to hurt real bad. It's a stress position. It sucks yeah. a lot. You know, I love it when they pull, come up to the car. First thing to do, hand on a gun, unclip the holster, ready to shoot your ass. Like, hey, man, I like how you unclip that in case you got to draw and kill me real quick, huh? What's up with that shit? Are you comfortable telling us, do you live in the States anymore? I don't tell anybody where I live. Crypto, man. I know. I thought yeah. I'd give it a go. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Um, but the, the uh, what's it called? The, the modern uh, nomad or roaming nomad, he's got a challenge. He, one of the things he says that's quite powerful, he goes, go to where you are treated best. Live where you are treated best. Sounds like a and good idea. Yeah, it's it's he's a young entrepreneur, very successful. I'd really like to interview him actually, but that's one line that really sticks out. He just he makes it very clear with no emotion. He goes, just go to where you're treated best. Don't worry about national pride or flags or anything. Where your money goes the furthest and where you're treated best is where you're going to reside. But going back a step, Richard, I, I want to go back to we're talking about making a lot of people rich off hex. Sure. One of the questions that's in the community is, so this is a, a trigger point for many people. Many people say. Well, Richard made a lot of money off it as well. Holy so, shit. Wait a second. Yeah. I, I, Hold I, on a second. You, hang on a second. Let, let me finish. A so dude that invented some say, shit made money on it? That's yeah. disgusting. How shit, dare, the, everything how dare should an be entrepreneur free. make money? How dare someone who put all that time and took all the 100% of the risk, 100% of the effort, 100% of the work, how dare they make some money? But can we, can we get an idea? Hey, did Satoshi make any money on Bitcoin? Just curious. Probably. Oh, he had like the majority of the supply for like a really long time. Huh. And then he just actually fucked off and left and was like, fuck you guys. Good luck. Hmm. What, one of the, one of the hmm. questions that was asked, and hmm. I don't think I'll get this out of you, but I am putting it forward. Did you make more money from Hex or from Bitcoin? Can't tell you. It's one of these trick questions. Like people shit talk you. You're like, hey, Richard, what's it like being poor? You're like, hmm. <laughs> you want to come hard, but then there's, there's no upside to it. You know, so mm, if you're yeah. smart in crypto, you talk about other people's crypto. You talk about crypto as a, a general topic, but you never talk about your personal crypto. There's just too much downside to it. I mean, look, if you mm. Google me, the next common words is net worth or girlfriend. Because I've looked at this. If it's on a girl's phone, you Google Richard Hart, it auto completes girlfriend is the third word. I'm like, that's weird. But then I look at other people's phones and you type Richard Hart and the next word is like net worth. So you're like, oh, it's weird. So it's like a different result based on who's fine. I'm curious. You know? I'm going to do this right now. I want to know what it's going to Well, yeah, say. tell me the autocomplete, man. I'm curious. Okay. It, it actually says... Yeah, net worth. You're right. Net yeah. worth. So it goes net worth, hex, YouTube, real name, crypto, scam, age. 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 Who the fuck age. is searching my age? Jesus. Yeah. I, how, how old are you? Do you want to say? I'm, well, I'm 41 like we're not far apart i feel old as shit man i mean i feel oh, young so. but like i think the number 41 seems old as fuck <clears throat> hey i like that video you did ages ago it's just a random feed where they 
you were working out in the gym. <laughs> you were you were doing deadlifts. I don't know, that sounds a bit how you're going, but huh? well done. I, I can see that you you've been working out. You've you've. you've I'm strong. I'm just fat on day. top of the strong. You're like, all right. Oh, dude, those deadlifts look were shit impressive. at the beach. It, um, do you want to talk about a girlfriend? Things that everyone's googling. I I, I don't girlfriend? do I do not do monogamy. I'm here to have fun. If you want to have fun, yeah, we can okay. have fun together. If you want exclusive fun, fuck off. I'm going to I'm going to show you the time of your life. We're going to have a shitload of fun. But if you want to try and like limit my options and reduce my quality of life, and reduce my enjoyment, reduce my variety because you feel some need to like extract extra protection resource value for me, that's too old school shit for me, man. Like we got contraceptives, you're not getting pregnant, you don't need to worry about starving to death in a field or some shit by choosing the wrong dude and get pregnant with him whatnot. That's old school thinking. So there's a lot of girls out there just running this old program where, Hey, you know, I, I can't have sex with the wrong guy. Cause you know, I might have fun, but then, but it might not last or some shit. You're like, yeah, it's like going to dinner. It's like going to a restaurant. It's not supposed to last when you're done eating, you leave and go to a new, another restaurant. Like there's just, so, I mean, I, I got girls I see, but I'm not doing monogamy. Like just not. So if any of you girls watching, that makes you upset and you want to cancel a date okay just text me it's fine but like I, I'm not I said it before Richard and I'll say it again <clears throat> in your book Sci Vibe you wrote a little bit or a section on dating no. I don't know if you can hear a rooster in the background <laughs> chicken out the back <laughs> as we're talking about dating uh -huh. I've got one rooster and six chickens and the rooster is a real gentleman he really looks after his women but boy he's noisy um, I digress but in your book Sci Vibe you actually spoke a little about a bit about dating I've said it before and I'll say it again you need to expand on that I think a lot of young men need to hear what you wrote in that book I think it got lost because the, as you know the book is long and it's not properly laid out yet which is fine we've spoken about did that you before. read the new edited one the edited no, one's I haven't. like massively improved oh, I, man oh I take back what I said then okay Th that's good I hired I, a professional editor and he edited it <laughs> good <laughs> so okay like I, I think wait, yeah. wait is it it's a t.me slash sci-vive you got to go on the youtube the telegram channel still to get free it. for everyone yeah for now i mean look at some point when i have actually read what the editor output and then i put my finishing touches on it shit ain't gonna be free no more <laughs> but as it is now it's free so and it's more okay, it's cool. just everything yeah, that you would need is there already <clears throat> hey you haven't by chance ever listened to tom Lycus, have you no okay it's just that some of what you were saying are echoes what he's saying but he's from a different generation from los angeles and was... you get you get a lot of people that land it's just like foxes look like dogs because they evolved to the same effective strategy and there's a bunch of other animals that just like there's marsupials in australia that also look like dogs they used to people used to think they'd eat the babies not dingoes but the other ones can't remember tasmanian tiger yeah the tasmanian tiger yeah. So yeah. that thing, it looks and like Tasmanian. a dog too, because it evolved because dog format is the, the most effective format for earth, you know? And so no matter like where you came from, you're going to end up with eyes because they work so great. And so like the eye has evolved a hundred different ways. Some detect phase, some are reflective, some are absorptive, some like there's all these different eyes, but they all perform the same function, like turn light into chemical signals or electrochemical signals. So you're like, yeah, you're gonna, so a lot of these ideas that work, 
people end up finding them on their own anyway, you know, to, it's like parallel discovery kind of. So do you, just to close off on relationships and mm -hmm. I guess evolution, do you want to have a kid? Do you have kids? I mean, look, it's, it's a game. When you have the kid, it changes you and then you make it the best thing that's ever happened to you. But if you don't have a kid yet, you don't really give a fuck. Unless you're a girl. But if you're a guy, you don't really care that much, usually. But then if you have one, ah, why didn't I do this earlier? Best thing that ever happened to me. So it changes you. It's like, it's kind of a weird setup, you know? So yeah, eventually I'll get around to it. But like, I don't, I've got a good 10 or 20 years before I have to, you know? Girls don't mm -hmm. have that option. If you're going to have kids, you got to do it before you're 40. Because your fertility rate gets fucked quickly. Yeah. Like, if you look at a girl's successful childbirth chart by year, it looks like the Bitcoin cash chart. <laughs> Dead. <clears throat> okay, so I've got a rapid round for you. Good. Uh, but before I get to that rapid round, so I'm going to actually ask you a list of questions, and I want an answer, if I may, in five words or less. <laughs> okay. I, I, I know this is a five. challenge for you, but <laughs> okay. I want I actually want one word. I just want one word. Uh, you can pass, or you can ask to revisit at the end. Okay. Uh, but here's a quick list. Did you say one word? Yeah, one word, man. If you what happened give to me five? One five is the maximum. Less than five. So we're going for minimum is, words. Okay. One is preferred. One is preferred. Yeah. Five is the maximum. Right, okay. You can pass, or you can ask to revisit. So if you. Really I mean, you're basically giving going, me a psychological word association test, so. My yeah, answer I'm giving, is no, be like I'm giving you a flowers <laughs> and world peace and shit. No, you'll have fun. <laughs> some, some are crypto, some are non-crypto, but. Uh, be, I mean, this reminds me like of the scene. There's a Rorschach test that they give the character named Rorschach in, Rorschach in uh, the movie. Oh, fuck. The guy with the blue dong superhero oh, movie. Blue know. dong superhero movie. Dong. Avengers. No, not Avengers. God damn it. Watchmen. So there's a scene in Watchmen where they're giving Rorschach the, this word association test. <laughs> or Anyway, go ahead. Do your thing. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. Rapid round before we get back into some heck stuff okay. and other questions. Okay, here we go. Hey, the future of the US dollar. Down. Elon Musk. Troll. Cardano. Vaporware. Donald Trump. Banned orange man. Joe Biden. Forget forgetful. A World War Three. Fight with sticks after. China. Censorship. Buffett. Margaritaville. I'll, 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 that's a joke, but I'll give you another one. Uh, angry man yells at Bitcoin. <laughs> that's five. Well done. Okay. Apple. Gay. Dogecoin. I just want to say gate everything now, but uh, let me think. Oh, you can't. Uh, <laughs> oh, you can. There's no rule. Yeah. It's, it's one word. Um, dump incoming. Robin Hood. Rob from the poor, give to the rich. 
Rob poor, give rich. Yep. Bitcoin cash. Wrecked. The price of Bitcoin at the end of 2021. Uh, I'm a calculator. This is a fucking stupid guess here. So right now you know, we're at yeah. So we're at fifty. Seven questions after this. You can see all on the live feed. This is fun. Everyone else who's watching live is thirty-three k. Thirty-three k. All right, locked in thirty-three k. Now look, this is just a fucking guess I pull out of my ass. This assumes <laughs> the calculator. that the top happens within the next few months. And then hey, it's out there. we're halfway through an 80% dump. And then All right, maybe you... we get a... Anyway. We, we can revisit. Yeah. Okay, next one. CNN. Fake news. The future of Wolf BitChute. Blitzer. Huh? The future of BitChute. Poop shoot. The future of Facebook. Global overlords. Four more. Technical analysis. Pay money, learn to lose. XRP. Pay money to lose money. It's better. Hang on. Was that was that for pay XRP money to lose money for uh, TA? Technical analysis. Yeah. So pay money to lose money. Yeah. And then XRP. Bread garlic house wrecked. Your book. Cluster fuck. This last one is this interview. Big tits. <laughs> what? You asked, dude. All right, I'll take Give that. me weird constraints. You're going to get weird outputs. Dude, I uh, wanted to see what happened. I, I've never actually seen you do a rapid round like this before. <laughs> I, I needed to see what happened. Now, are they, that's the end of it. All right. You're now free to... There's no word limit on you anymore. Is there any one of those that you want to revisit? Well, I mean, so the only thing people give a fuck is the price and getting rich. So just really all this other shit is just kind of for, for fun. Um, so like my thesis is there's just too many goddamn top signals. So motherfuckers buying hundred thousand dollar JPEGs. Last time that happened, CryptoKitties was fifteen days before the top. Now we've got all this other nearly identical horrible dog shit that people are overpaying for again. And so part of me is just like, all right, you got fifteen days, bitches. But then I Googled and I looked and I'm like, oh, they've been selling this dog shit for a little while now, but it's just getting hypey now. And you're like, maybe these people got to get their bags first. So you got Gary V and fucking weird looking dude that owns the uh basketball team broadcast.com guy 
the fuck is his name? Owns the Mavericks. What's this no, dude's name? Not into it. Shark Tank guy. Anyway, oh, he was a red watch. I think. Whatever the fuck that guy. He, uh, you know, he's talking about NFTs, and he previously invested in some shit. Or no, I think he or somebody else invested in some platform to to do this dumbass shit called Wax, and then it got wrecked as fuck. So I don't know, man. These guys, they just they buy shit, it gets wrecked, and then they just can't be free of it. It's like it's people. Okay, oh, Mark Cuban, that guy. So yeah. Mark Cuban likes sports. Owns a sports team. Mark Cuban likes collectibles because people that fucking like sports also like collecting shit. And for some reason, people that like sports and like collecting shit love gambling on shit. And for people that love sports and love collecting shit and love gambling on shit, NFTs is like, oh my god, I could fucking evade taxes and fucking buy all this stupid bullshit and maybe have my little gambling rush and maybe someone else will buy this stupid shit after me it's just horrible like so so first off guys bouncing a rubber eight eight foot tall guys bouncing a rubber ball over and over again it's actually a stupid terrible sport you're like hey why don't you just like hold the fucking ball and quit bouncing it stop why are you doing this that's netball i don't get it like that's netball and then like oh so we're gonna we're gonna have this this fucking like business where the only people that can really do well at it now are mutants and so we, we like, oh, you're just like a normal human that has like a, a long lifespan because you're normal shaped and shit. Yeah, this ain't the sport for you. We need people that are going to die early from being mutant height. And, you know, they're going to live 20 years less long, but they're going to be able to put this rubber bouncy ball that they just keep bouncing over and over again into this orange ring thing over and over and over again. And you're like, so you put the bouncy rubber ball into the orange ring thing while you're eight foot tall and dying. And you're like, yeah. And then this is how what everyone watches. And then while everyone's watching it, they collect cardboard pictures of these people that put the rubber bouncy ball in the orange ring. And you're like, okay. And then they hope to make more money on their, their cardboard card pictures. That are They could just print more cardboard card pictures. But you're like, okay. Yeah, I used to have cardboard card pictures of shit. I used to be addicted to false scarcity. But then I just got smarter. And I'm like, yo. Like, is this like playing grinding games? Oh, look, false scarcity. If I keep hitting these buttons, I'm getting gems. I'm getting gems, gems, gems. You're a pigeon. Now you're a pigeon. You're literally doing what pigeons do all day. You, you just blew I have your to life throw out. A com- I've got to throw a conversation <clears throat> bomb in here. Here's a good one for you. This will be fun. So the boardrooms that run these basketball uh, teams, corporations, mm-hmm. events, those boardrooms have quotas on colors, as in do they have a diverse boardroom? Uh, I'm not seeing those same quotas on, the, on. I'm not seeing the same quotas on the court itself. Hate it. Uh, your Hate thoughts? it. Hate it. It's disgusting. It's like. So they have in boxing. They have weight classes. Why not have a fucking height class? Hey, we have the mutant league, and then we have like the normal human league, right? So do do you think people go watch boxing if like the heavyweight just go and fucking one hit knocked out the fucking lightweight guy they get bored of watching that it's just like car racing you've got f1 you've got nascar you've got f3 you've got you know all types of different ranges just like college basketball uh professional basketball high school basketball you got different ranges it's fun to watch any of them if you like watching sports i'd rather play sports i i would much rather play like i used to play football when i was in, in high school or i guess before high school um, man, Florida, <laughs> boy, some of them kids get old real quick. 
that's got like a beard and a family and you're lining up against this guy and you're like, bro, how do you have a beard and a family already? I'm in like seventh grade. What the fuck's happening here? <laughs> <Hut. laughs> you're laying on your back like, uh, shit, maybe I shouldn't be a lineman anymore. <laughs> I'm getting fucking annihilated. Depends on who you're playing. Um, so I, I used to play you, you like could right argue also that's like right tackle. exploitation of humans like uh if we're talking about the exploitation of uh what were you calling those girls or andreas was saying the, the box girls booth or girls, the booth girls booth girls yeah. um uh, if we're exploiting them for the way they look and if i i, I don't know if you've been more. looking but that is what they prefer desperately if you see a girl post a video on telegram twitter youtube here's how she got to hold her camera so her tits will fit in the frame with her forehead she got to hold her arm all the way out to get the forehead and the tits. Because if she holds it like normal and she puts it on her face, the tits ain't in the frame. So they know this. They want their tits in the frame. That's why they're hanging out. So out goes the camera. Head barely fits in there. And then they can get the boobs in the shot. They know the shit. They know all the shit, man. If, if a girl leaves it out, she likes it. If a girl covers it, she don't like it. So girl, girl's wearing a fucking, uh, you know, sweater tied around her stomach. She feels chubby that day. Girl's got a tattoo, this shoulder, all her shirt's going to be unsymmetrical. This shoulder going to be hanging out. Girl gets a tattoo right under her titty. Here come the crop tops. She's like, it's just, they know what the fuck they're doing. And they want you to appreciate their looks, which is why they spend hours on their nails, hours on their clothes, hours on their face, hours on their hair, hours on their tan, hours on fucking everything. Because they really, truly, genuinely fucking care about what they look like. Because they really, truly know that it affects their quality of life because it affects how people treat them. So this, this idea that you're objectifying women by paying attention to the hundreds of hours they put into shit, that's not objectification. That's, that's appreciation. If you don't, if you don't, if a girl comes and spent hours on her hair and you don't say something nice about her hair, she's going to get pissed at you. So you got to notice the but, bullshit that she's done or she's going to get upset at you because she wants you to get, appreciate it because she did it for your ass. Like, don't you get worried about, um, certain groups Fuck um, all those groups. I got fuck you money. If you're some group that you know don't like what I'm, what I'm saying, saying, suck my dick. Yeah, I'll come yeah, crush you on right. live stream. You cry like a it's, little bitch. I got more money than you. So... I got more girls than you. I got more experience than you. I predict the future better than you. The only thing you got is some humility, which you should fucking have because you're less. So anybody that disagrees with anything I fucking say, come to the king. Let me educate your ass. You got more than 10,000 followers on your YouTube channel? Come to the fucking king. I'll educate you. Just direct message me. T.me forward slash Richard Hart. I will fucking rip you up. Unless we agree. If we agree, we can have a friendly conversation. But if we disagree on some shit, everyone's going to know how stupid you are, is where we're at. And I've been it's doing this for years. Easy, Motherfuckers are afraid to, to step. They are afraid it's to step. It's easy to, to interview step. you, Richard, because many of the times you just can finish my question before I even ask it. Yeah, right. I'm, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I, maybe it looks shit for the interview. I don't know. I'll try and let you finish yeah. your question, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't need to. You, you're actually um, covering me. I, uh, just what you're saying about Instagram, it was um, there was uh, countless studies that show that if you take all the Instagram files or uh, profiles of men and, and contrast them at, on an aggregate level, yeah. in case anyone gets triggered, uh, with women, you can see that uh, for men the camera is pointing out, whereas for women the camera is pointing in. Always, yeah. And it was, yep. it's a, uh, I, I thought it was quite a powerful uh, finding. Yeah. Um, yeah. People so like. The guy, this ain't an accident. We're not the only animals to do this shit. We're basically smart monkeys. And you can see all of our behaviors, which we think are so unique and special, 
in other primates and other animals. People are like, oh, well, how will you follow the law if there's no religion? Well, you're like, animals follow their own laws and they ain't got no goddamn religion. So you don't, so like when a dog is born, he ain't like, oh, I'm born. Let me attack my mom. No, this shit doesn't happen. Oh, let me attack my brother. No, it doesn't happen. Like they're, they're organized and their game theory operates and they have loyalty and they have, you know, vengeance and they have gossip and they have jealousy. Animals have all those effective emotional strategies and they have grieving. So animals have those without religion and without police and without structure because they're emergent properties of effective social creatures that can communicate. So any, any, any creatures that can communicate and have sex and work in teams have human-like effective game theory behaviors. So like, you know, you, you, people are like, oh, well, you know, it would be so horrible without religion. We're like, all right, well, there was a time when there just wasn't any. So like, if you, if you drop off two kids stranded somewhere, they ain't got no religion. They just, it's them in the wilderness, you know? So like if you're Romulus and Remus and you're being raised by wolves in ancient Rome before Rome existed, you know, th that's the story. But there are history of people that have been abandoned in that way. I mean, there are history of children that have just literally been locked in a room for 15 years and you can see how they worked out. And you're much of what makes us human generates these systems and then people think that the system generated the human behavior when in fact the human behavior is going to be the same anyway and it generated the system so I, I don't even remember how we got on this tangent but that's how we roll man that's how yeah. we roll let's let's dive back into hex we'll bring it back all right, all right. we're going in our circles i like it yeah. so we're going to hex the commentators who say that this is as good as it gets Someone said, Hex has done its thing. It, uh, people staked. They got their run-up. They're dumping it, uh, although the charts don't reflect that right now. <laughs> what What do you say? Is Is Hex all downhill from here? And uh, I, I would actually two-part okay. this question. Sure, sure, sure. So let's take the a terrible piece of shit with no development and no features whatsoever, a fork of Litecoin. That's only notable feature whatsoever, other than its extremely high inflation rate and extremely low hash rate, and, it, and, and therefore extreme risk is that it has a picture of a dog's logo. Let's take that piece of shit. How did that piece of shit do this year? First, is it an old piece of shit? Yes, it is. I think it came out in 2014. How has that piece of shit performed this year? Up 30X? Is Bitcoin up 30X? No, no, it's not. It's up 12X max to the peak. Oh, hold on, hold on a second. Richard, wait a second. Are you telling me, are you telling me that in this last year, a total and complete rancid piece of shit shilled as a joke by a billionaire who didn't even buy any but bought some fucking actual crypto bitcoin uh he pumped this fucking bag 30x 3x more than bitcoin yes i'm telling you that a terrible piece of shit with no progress no development no merit whatsoever literally made as a joke 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 went up 36x uh 30x this year in like a couple weeks month okay so now we have Hex. All right, well, let's take a look at Hex. Does Hex have a good logo? Yep. Uh, who's more rabid fan? A Doge fan or a Hexagon? Have you ever seen a Dogecoin tattoo? No. Nope. Uh, have you ever seen a Hex tattoo? I've seen like five or six or seven. People are putting 
hex logo on their body because they believe. Are people locking up Dogecoin for 15 years at a time? Nope. Are people locking up hex for 15 years at a time? Yes. Do I see new uh, YouTubers and new content creators making hex shit all the time? Yes. Do I see that for Doge? Not really. D do you see live streams from the founder of Doge? Where's that motherfucker at? Yo, Doge founder, where you at, homie? Oh, he doesn't even own any anymore. He sold them all. No, he don't give a fuck. He sold out. Hi, I'm Richard, the founder of Hex. I do eight-hour long live streams. You know no other bitches in the cryptocurrency community that do eight-hour long live streams that aren't Hexagons? Hexagons do 24-hour live streams. Richard Hart does eight-hour live streams. We fucking crush it. We dominate it. We have more dedication. We have more product market fit. We have a unique benefit statement. Like, a piece of shit shitcoin went up 30x on a joke. A coin made as a joke went up 30x. So like Hex is hitting every single metric that you would want to hit. New users, new engagement, new features. Now you can trade Hex on layer two with no fees, like one penny fee instead of on layer one. Can you do that with Doge? Nope. Sorry, Doge, fuck yourself. Like it's, it's just like we do everything so fucking good and it's like people aren't paying attention. So yes. If I believe that the future for Hex is up and to the right. Now, I tend not to make future looking statements for Hex because I, I don't think it's responsible to pretend you can predict the future. Hex price has dumped 80% roughly five or six times. So is it likely to dump again? Yeah, it is. Is it likely to pump as hell again? Probably, yeah. So like, I'm the person that tells you the truth. I'm the honest guy. Who in a Doge community is like, yeah, man, this shit's gonna dump. Who in the Bitcoin community is talking about the, the pending dump? Like, it's, they're a bunch of shills that just lie to you about shit because they're trying to pump their bags. I tell you the truth, man. So I'm the only guy out there doing that. Who, el who else out there is telling the truth in crypto? I don't know anybody that's doing it like me, man. I don't. <clears throat> what about Charles Hoskinson? So I did a long interview with him. A lot of people are very inspired by him. Some people even say Charles Hoskinson is the Steve Jobs of crypto. Ah! <laughs> you, you haven't heard that before? Oh God! Here we Get go. Get the fuck out of here! Come on. I'm throwing another conversation grenade in there, people. Bro, like, what what possible commonality is there at all? So what, like, no. well, I'd, I'd 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 go back a step and say, have you watched some of his interviews? Yeah, they're and, queer. Like, I mean, some of the shit he says is okay. Like, he's he's uh, he at least he, speaks like. I don't have a problem with Charles Hoskins. He's so smart, bro. He is so smart. He's like next level. Okay. You know what? Well, you want to sell me on that shit? Set up an interview with us and we'll see how smart he is. Maybe he is smart. Great. But here's what I know. Here's what I know. This motherfucker <laughs> helped launch Ethereum. Okay? So everybody that hates Ethereum, you guys all hate Ethereum? Well, you got to hate on Charles because he was there helping launch that shit. So all you hating ass motherfuckers out there, hate Ethereum, hate Vitalik, you could also hate on him because he was there for that shit. So then he had a falling out with his homies. Right? He wanted to do his own thing, just like every other fucking founder. So Gavin Wood is like, oh, I'm going to go do my own shit. I'm going to go do Polka Dot. And fucking homie Cardano Man is like, oh, I'm going to go do my own shit. I'm going to do uh, the Cardano. Right? And then all the little fucking uh, founders, they go and do their own competing shit that hurts the value of the other shit. People have finite money. And that finite money gets into finite ticker symbols. And so people are like, hey, man, why don't you launch Hex on XYZ? Because I ain't pumping their bags. Fuck them. I'm not pumping their bags. I'd rather see Hexagons build something that helps Hexagons. I'm not pumping somebody else's fucking bags. So, but you're still a fan of Ethereum, yeah? B 
because it, Ethereum is the most secure blockchain. Ethereum has the best auditors. Ethereum has the best tooling infrastructure. Ethereum has the best adoption. Ethereum has the best features. Ethereum has the most secure blockchain software that exists currently. It is proven effective. It has the most on-chain liquidity for uh, stable coins. It has the most on-chain transactions of any blockchain ever in history, ever. There's been a million, there's been twice as many transactions done on Ethereum in the three years or four years that it's existed, or whatever, like six years, than in the 10 years the Bitcoin's existed because it has a higher performative network. The shit has earned respect. It has earned respect. And these other vaporware empty chains that no one's fucking using for anything, but people are just pumping up to the sky for fucking giggles. They do not deserve that respect. So like when Dogecoin does a 30X, am I now supposed to pretend that the software is good or that anyone is developing anything for it or that has any fucking features other than send? It doesn't. So this, Yeah, we're this not concept, comparing apples with apples here, brother. This, this concept that because a price is high, it is therefore good is backwards. And Warren Buffett will clear you of this disillusion. And Warren Buffett will tell you, and he is right about a lot of shit, unfortunately, not running crypto. He'll tell you. Price is what you pay. Value is what you get. But most people think that price is value. So they're like, oh, Dogecoin is expensive. Must be good now. Nope. It is it's worse than it was previously because now it's less secure because now the incentives to attack the network are larger. So it was more secure before you guys pumped the price because they don't even have their own miners. They merge mine with Litecoin and Litecoin security we sucks. We, we can't compare Doge with Cardano. It's it's too. Why not? Doge has more users. Doge has more users. Why not? Why can't you compare them? What can you do with Cardano well, other than send? So pretty one, sure you can just send. Can one is a joke, else? and never designed to be anything else other than a meme coin. Yeah, but I'm talking about value. software features. Can you do anything it, else with Cardano other than send it? No, you can't. So then they are very similar networks because you can just press send or not. And that's it. Okay, as of right now. But ah, what, what is so vaporware? Hang on, hang on. So promises so, of others. So promise coin. So you bought a security where you're hoping hey, Richard, and praying that the work of to others be fair, pump your bags. You, Richard, you made mm -hmm. a promise about hex, and you nope. had to develop hex. Nope, 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 nope. Hex no, launched the, fully the... and totally complete, done and locked forever, with no promises of work from the others. There's no fucking code updates. There's no forks. There's no none of that shit because it's complete and finished. And everyone, if they want yeah. improvements, can do it on layer two. So we now have layer two, two cent trading with Uniswap on a, a fork of Ethereum called Matic that, that has lower fees. It's an L2. We have that. Cardano doesn't have that. Dogecoin doesn't have that. We have that. But I didn't need to change the fucking code to do that because it's, it, you can develop on top of it. There are people that now have developed uh, tradable stakes. There's code in the developer chat where you can make a hex stake and then trade shares in that hex stake. Did we need to edit the code or change the code to do that? See, you're, you're following, you're falling for the shit the EOS people fell for in the exact, exact same fucking playbook. Hey guys, we've got this team of people that's gonna build some shit. And everyone's going to switch to our new shit because it has higher throughput and lower fees. Exact same fucking sales pitch. Exact same sales pitch the EOS guys fell for. And how did EOS do this year? Fucking garbage. Because people buy their new bullshit vaporware coin. 
that they think is going to be the new great next fucking thing and everyone pumps the hypes it to shit and then it has the misfortunate event of actually launching and then when it actually launches no one's dreams come true Huh? Wasn't EOS built on wasn't EOS built on Ethereum? No. Am I getting that right? No. no sorry. Okay. What, no, I'm thinking so, of Tron. Sorry. Here's how EOS worked. Yeah. EOS was Tron. like, hey, we want to create an Ethereum killer. Lower fees, higher throughput. Okay. We want money to do that. Okay, how are we gonna get people's money? We're gonna let you transform, or I'm not sure exactly how they did it, but you could put Ethereum in on the Ethereum blockchain, get their ERC twenty EOS token out, and then when their mainnet came out, trade your ERC-20 for their mainnet token. You know who else did that? TRX. You know who else did that? BNB. Those are all multi-billion dollar projects. Okay, so TRX went from the ERC-20 to their own mainnet. BNB went from the ERC-20 to their own mainnet. Uh, EOS went from ERC-20 to their own mainnet. And, and I could probably list you other ones as well. Uh, even Polkadot. I think Polkadot was an ERC-20 and then they went to a mainnet. I think. I, I think Tezos might have done something similar too. Like this is a very common thing. They're raising money and then they're going to a mainnet. Okay. Now who's building the mainnet? The people that you're enriching, the founders. Okay. And are are you buying a complete finished product that is functional and operational? No, you're not. You're buying hopes and dreams. And how does the hopes and dreams usually work out? It usually works out like the twenty seven the twenty seventeen ICS, where ninety nine percent of them went to fucking zero. So, oh, here's Siren Labs. They're going to make a blockchain cell phone. Nah, actually, you're going to lose all your money. How about that? Oh, here's fucking, uh, here's this guy, this guy that's real popular on uh, Dilbert, the Dilbert founder. Who's the guy that writes Dilbert? Adams. Scott Adams? I think so. But I might be wrong. But let's say Scott Adams, okay? Scott Adams writes Dilbert. I might be wrong. I might be mixing them up. Whatever. The fucking Dilbert writer guy. He makes a stupid token called uh, when you, how's that shit going? Going to zero motherfucker straight down. Oh, okay. So what happened to all these 27, 2017 fucking ICOs? They all went straight down. Were they bad ideas? No, ideas were fine. Was the execution that bad? Oh, some of them was, yeah. But some of them launched and then just went to zero anyway. Hey, what happened to the wax token with this NFT shit? Zero. What happened to salt? Bitcoin lending? Zero. Hey, what happened to, I could sit here all fucking day and list you shit and went to zero or close. Or, or, or massively 95% down or whatever, right? So maybe some of them didn't make zero because you can't even trade at zero, so nothing can really go to zero, but basically price annihilated, right? So I'll amend my statement for legal purposes to say not zero, but deep dipped hard as fuck 90% plus, okay? And so now the EOS guys did the same shit. So the EOS got, does EOS work? Yes. Do people use it? Yes. Is the price chart wrecked this year? Yes. Why? Because people buy the hype, and then when the shit actually comes, the price dumps. Hex did the same thing, by the way. Hex had a similar launch uh, style to EOS, and the price chart actually looked similar. It, people bought too high in the beginning, ran out of powder, made a bottom, went up high as fuck, and then they didn't have like any type of, I guess they had a, an end of their launch phase after 350 periods, which were 23 hours long. And our launch phase, or maybe it was 365, I can't remember. Our launch phase was like 353 days. And then we had the big payday, which acted like a stock split, which amplified returns for longer stakers. And, and so if you had a long stake, you got a double in your stack. So if you had a 10 year longer stake, you doubled your stack. If you had a one day stake, you got a, 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 three act, a 30% on your stack just for that day. 
and then people front ran that by a few weeks and, and sold the price down. So the price pumped and then they sold it down. And we recently made a new all-time high um, after that. So that was like November 19th. And then I think we made a new all-time high just before the new year at two cents. So it's like, I'm gonna teach you something about speculation, man. What matters is the ratio of people that know about the shit now to people that will know about it. That's what matters. So right now, when people didn't hear about something, price is low. Not, you know. And then when everybody hears about it, price is a lot higher. Now, does that, does that matter? The technical specifications, no. Does security matter? No. The only thing that matters is the ratio of how many people knew about it then and how many people know about it now. That's what actually moves the fucking price. Now you can cancel that out with some bad structure like rug pulls where shit goes to zero, where security, it goes to zero, where you know some other bad thing happens like fees get too high for anyone to use it, shit like that. Then those, those do negatively impact price. But they get solved in the fees issue by bear markets. Bear markets solve the fee problem. And then if other L2s solve the fee problem, other competitive chains, if people fuck off to those, it, it solves the fee problem. If, if USDT starts uh, using an L2, solves the fee problem for a while, right? You buy time. So so you, you're basically, you bought, if you bought Cardano, you just basically bought EOS. Hey guys, we're doing a new thing. It's gonna have higher throughput, lower fees. Oh cool, that's exactly EOS's pitch. We saw exactly how that worked out. It did a 40X in the bear market. That was nice. And then it just didn't do that well anymore. Because the ratio of people that had already heard about it to the people that will hear about it in the future, the ratio is just not that good. So in Hex, coin market caps got us date gate cap to page three. That's opportunity. On coin gecko, those motherfuckers pretend we don't even have a market cap. Isn't that a good laugh? Isn't that a good laugh? The hundred percent uptime thing. They pretend it doesn't have a market cap, but they also at the front of fucking top of all these price charts go, by the way, uh, this could be a rug pull. So just be really careful buying it because they might just fucking you know, pull the rug on your ass and you never be able to sell it. And they put that on all these fucking pages. How disgusting is that? I have an idea. If you think some guys, some shit's going to be a rug pull, how about you just don't fucking list it? How about you guys stop making money on views from fucking scams? Because they make money on scams. If you sell advertisements promoting scams, you make money on scams. I don't make no goddamn money on scams. A lot of other motherfuckers make money on scams. eToro, top of the website. 70% of users lose money with this. Top of the fucking website, ads everywhere. So let me get it straight. You guys are advertising some shit that most people lose money on. The fuck's you hate your guys, you hate your users, you hate your customers. Why are you doing that? Why are you hurting your fucking users? It obviously the top of the website says everyone loses money, and it's worse than that. They don't just lose money. I bet if you do the measurements, so if seven out of ten people lose, the real question is how much did they lose, and how much did those few people win? And I bet the winners won this much, and I bet the fucking losers lost this much. And that's the data that they're hiding, is that it's even worse than 7 out of 10 losing. It's complete and total annihilation of the fucking users and then the enrichment, a tiny little bit of a couple dudes. It's just disgusting. And then this shit's promoted everywhere. So Hex is being literally the 100% uptime, 100% awesome, fucking launched fully complete and secure while everything else around it failed. No hopes and dreams bullshit. If I die right now and Hex.com goes offline, Hex doesn't give a fuck. It's truly decentralized. It's truly distributed. It's truly complete. It's completely irrelevant whether I survive or not. It's completely irrelevant whether Hex.com survives or not. The code sits on that blockchain and keeps doing what it's doing for 150 fucking years. So if you bought Cardano and you're hoping for adoption and you're hoping people are going to build shit, you're buying into a 2017 ICO and the price will fucking dump hard as fuck. 
And the harder it rises up, the harder it will fucking dump. Because eventually when it finally comes out, then people will be like, oh, well, uh, shit, another empty blockchain no one's using. How many of those do we have now? Do you want me to list you all the empty blockchains? Dot, Ada, Tezos, EOS, all of them. They're all empty. BSV, they're all fucking empty. You just don't have users, man. So you guys are all hoping and dreaming you're going to get users and you're going to find the same thing when hacks launch. The price is going to dump because the hopes and dreams of day one, they just aren't, they're too hard to meet. You know what hex was valued at day one by guys that bought it then on a diluted valuation? Day one, they valued it at 1.6 billion. Day one. And then this is after me publishing the chart that says, hey, look at how EOS launched. It dumped for 80 to 120 days and made a bottom here. And then I published the CSV charts to show you, here's the fucking EOS price every single day. Look, it did this and then it did this and it had a nearly identical launch system. Maybe don't go in all in one day, right? When everyone else is, and you know, people don't fucking listen. So, I'm telling let, you. Let me now. bring this to what what you believe in, if I will, if you will. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Hex, there's no doubt there. Bitcoin, and Ethereum are, the, are those the three? Is that fair in saying those three? Depends what you want. It depends on what you're in crypto for. You want anonymity? Probably Monero's better. You want price performance? Probably Monero sucks. You want, uh, but like you can get anonymity in, in Ethereum. Well, let's, let's start at the IPs. beginning. Sure. Let's, as you said at the beginning of the interview, why many people are in here to, to get rich, yeah. Lambo rich. Yes. Which, which three do you believe in? Or, or is there more than three? Or which Look, man, two? If you, I mean, if you, if you buy the, the Bitcoin, people. if you buy Bitcoin today, let's say it's 50K today, and let's say it goes up to 300K and breaks out the top of, of everyone's regression chart, everyone's rainbow chart, everyone's stock to flow model. Okay, 300K, top that bitch. Okay, you got a 6X. Okay, you wanna buy a Lambo, what's a Lambo cost? 250, all right. So let's do some math real quick. So 250, number six. All right, you gotta have 41 grand. So if you've got 41 grand, and you put it into Bitcoin at 50K, and you get a 6X, and you sell the top, and you don't pay any taxes, good luck on that one. Mm. Well, then you could buy a 250K Lambo. Now, I mean, you basically gave me a speed round and made me guess the Bitcoin price in a year, and I guess 33. Well, shit, then you've only got like what? Your 40K turned into 30k oops so like i i just if you really want to make if you really want to get a lambo you're probably going to need a higher multiple and if you really need a higher multiple you're not going to get it in bitcoin it's too fucking heavy bitcoin has got its shit demolished this year by ada by ethereum by hacks by when i say this year as a trader i mean the last 365 days I'm not like, oh, look, history is only fucking uh, three months old. I mean, like the start of 2021. That's not what I mean. I mean, the last 365 days. So everything's kicking Bitcoin's ass. Link, fucking a whole ton of things. EOS isn't. EOS is losing to Bitcoin. You got to understand Bitcoin's only done a 6x this year. Or no, like, well, yeah, from the, be from the beginning of... <laughs> It's up 12x from the, the COVID dip. So in a year going backwards, it's up 12x. 
Ethereum's up a 22x. So Ethereum has risen from the COVID dip twice as high, and you made twice the money by having Ethereum instead of Bitcoin. And if you had hacks, you made 10 or 12x Bitcoin's returns. I think it might be 12x now or 10x or something like that. So you used to trade under a sat, and that's like 20 sats. So you're up 20x in Bitcoin terms had you bought the COVID dip on like, I don't know, March 12th or something. I can't remember the exact, uh, the exact date, but like March of 2020. Yeah. So if you need big multiples and you want to buy really cool shit, Hex has outperformed like hell. And Ethereum has outperformed Bitcoin. And Bitcoin has outperformed some or most stocks. Tesla beat Bitcoin's ass this year. You don't hear people talking about that. Hey, good job, Bitcoin. Good job. Tesla beat your ass this year. What's up? That's how it is. People ignore that shit like it didn't happen. It happened. But motherfuckers don't read the charts. They just want to live in their little dream world, little fantasy world, you know? So, now look. ADA, hope it comes out. Hope it does great. But if I want to launch Hex on, on an ERC-20 supporting high-throughput blockchain, I got a whole fuckload of options. And why would I pump their bags when I can just press the fork button? It's open source software. Why wouldn't I press the fork button and have my own fucking ticker instead of pumping their bags? Why not? Did they pump my bags? Did they say nice shit about me? Did they say nice shit about Hex? Did they do anything for me? Did they do anything for Hex? No, fuck you guys, I ain't pumping your bags. That's yeah, but up. that aside, when it comes just to delivering a product to the market, I mean, as we spoke about earlier, the, the Ethereum gas fees are just out of control. Bear market uh, solves that, bro. This ain't the first time we've seen this. Crypto Kitties yeah, killed the Ethereum network. Crypto Kitties yeah, I mean, so killed the Ethereum market two weeks before the top. Do we have the same bullshit going on now? Yes. So you've got Elon Musk alls in his $1.5 billion bag. All right, who's going to follow him? Michael Saylor bought his bag. Elon Musk bought his bag. Stripe bought his bag. Uh, Square, maybe. I don't fucking know. I, I can't remember. So, okay, these guys Please, are in. Yeah. These, are the, these are the guys talking shit, saying good things about Bitcoin. Okay, they bought their bags. And, and Michael Saylor's buys keep getting smaller. Hey, guys, we bought 1.5 billion. Hey, guys, we bought 600 million. Hey, guys, we bought 15 million. Hey, guys, you know, come on, man, buy this shit, please. That's what's happening right now. So, like, th this is what causes the irrational exuberance. This is what causes the blow-off tops. This is what causes the fucking insane palabra. Really? Palabra? <laughs> Parabolas. So, it's like, we have seen this before. Why don't we do a big-ass dip from here? Why not? Because there's some other fucking Elon Musk waiting to buy a 1.5B? Maybe. Or maybe they'll just set a limit order and not pump the price and just buy dip. So maybe, maybe we'll get smaller dips. Maybe we won't get an 85% dump. Maybe we'll get a 75 or 65. Here's another thing people don't understand. Basically, I spend my life telling people shit that they have never heard of in their fucking life, that they never knew was even able to be understood. You know what the difference is between a stock that's down 80% and a stock that's down 90%? Let me check it. Losing an extra half your money. Stock goes down 80%. You got $20 left. $100 stock drops 80%. Congrats. You got $20 left. Only goes down another 10%. Only goes down from a negative 80 to a negative 90. No big deal, right? Nah, it's a big deal. Now you only got 10 bucks instead of 20. You lost half okay. your money again. 
but people don't realize this shit because I got to teach these motherfuckers. I got to teach them how much better long is than short. I got to teach them what vaporware is. I got to teach them what promise coins are. I got to teach them about the ratio of how many people did hear about shit but, but between how many are going to hear about it. And by the way, if, you, if you've never seen it, there's an episode of a television show by Mike Judge who made uh, a lot of great, a lot of great stuff. Um, Silicon Valley is this one that I'm talking about, but he's also made Beavis and Butthead and Idiocracy and a lot of other really cool things. There's a scene in uh, Silicon Valley where these guys have got their startup that does data compression and they're talking about how to pay for their servers and they're going to pay, pay for their servers by getting some users and they're going to get money from the users to pay for their servers. And the dude's looking at his phone, the, the VC, the venture capitalist guy that gave him some money to get equity, ownership. And he's looking at his phone. He's like, oh, whoa, 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 users. No, no, no users. And the founder, the guy, the tech guy that wrote the algorithm to the data compression, he's like, what do you mean no users? And he explains it very clearly and very accurately and very realistic how it really works. And how it really works is as soon as you get real users, everyone's going to realize this is bullshit. But if you don't get any users, then you're the next big thing. You're the paradigm shift. You could be the next Apple. You could be the next this. And so you always want to have vaporware because vaporware can't disappoint anyone. Vaporware always has the next big thing. One coin that never even had a coin had huge promises of we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And one day you'll be able to sell it. One day there'll be an exchange and we're going to change everything. It's going to change the world. And it's all this hopium bullshit. And everyone buys this fucking hopium and they don't sell because they think, oh, oh, well, the big thing's going to come. The big thing's going to come. The, the dreams, the hopium's going to come true. And then if, when you actually launch and when you actually get a couple users and people realize that their projections are totally fucking wrong and there's no way they're going to get that many users at all, the price goes to shit. Because then people see, oh, well, fuck. The, there's none of these hopium shit was true at all. Just like crypto, just like Bitcoin. Programmable money. Nope. Peer-to-peer -peer digital cash. Nope, it's like $50 to send a fucking transaction. That ain't working. Throughput increases. Nope. Uh, road, it was on a roadmap. We're going to get a block size increase. It's on a roadmap. When I argued for smaller blocks, Blockstream had on the roadmap a block size increase. Because why wouldn't you? Everyone's computer's faster. Everyone's bandwidth is bigger. Why the fuck wouldn't you have a block size increase when everything else is increased? Nope. Nope. Didn't even get what was on the roadmap. Fuck yourselves. Sorry. And then they, they launch cloud mining. Haha, <laughs> good one. Good centralization, bro. And then all the good devs leave there. Greg Maxwell left. Peter Rulli left. Okay, so who's left over there? I don't even know. So like, which one of these points was I talking about? <laughs> I went through so many of these educational well, things. Well, we, we originally started talking about ADA and, and originally. Yeah, it's just EOS again. Uh, it, you're you're, you're buying EOS again. You're buying another high throughput ETH killer of which there are 10 or 20 of them. And they all pump, so and nothing, then they all go down. Nothing again. will kill Ethereum in your mind. Ethereum there's, is here to There's stay. not enough new users to support all the ETH killers. You have fucking very limited new users, and you're just people are just cycling their money from the next pump to the next pump. It's the same guys. You need new actual new users, and there's you, you you're not gonna. All right, let me <laughs> let me share some more shit with you, man, because I like you. I like these interviews. I like your questions. I I, I, I like doing fun. interviews with you. People are like, why are you doing an interview with a guy with no views? Because I like doing interviews. Fuck you guys. <laughs> you, you want me to do an interview with a guy with more views? Have the more views guys fucking message me. Well, so. uh, I say it goes back to you being non-discriminatory and just yeah. get, getting out there to help the people who want to be helped. Yeah.
So why did why did Ethereum top 42 days after Bitcoin in 2017? Because people's rotating. They're like, ah, oh, shit, this Bitcoin's run out of steam. Where's the new hotness? Oh, this the, this other thing. Okay, let's rotate into it. And then they rotate into Ethereum. And then what happened? People sold Bitcoin to buy Ethereum. Ethereum outpumped Bitcoin. But then the Bitcoin price kept coming down. So what happens is then as this is pulling down, then it pulls down the next one and then it pulls down everything. It's because this is reflexivity. With It's reflexivity on a lag. So you're getting a huge pump in Bitcoin, which then gives you a huge pump in the number two, which is Ethereum, which then gives you a huge pump in this case, all the ETH killers and DeFi and Hex and everything. But Hex is mostly decoupled. Like when ETH dumps, we don't dump. Like it's, look on the charts. It's it, Hex is really decorrelated from the rest of the crypto market. Um, particularly now that it's got USDC as its primary uh, trading pair. So the majority of liquidity on Uniswap for Hex is the USDC pair, which means that when, Hex, when ETH dumps, Hex is less likely to dump with it because the people that were willing to pay this price are still willing to pay that price. But when you have ETH only liquidity, when ETH dumps, now the order book on the ETH pair, the people are only willing to pay less price now, first the dollar, because ETH dumped first the dollar, so their bids dumped first the dollar, shit like that. And their sales went down with it. So basically in a bear market, Bitcoin, or rather Hex having its primary liquidity pair against USDC is massive advantage, massive advantage. Because when everything else dumps with ETH or dumps with BTC, the, the thing that has only USDC pair as its backing doesn't dump with it. It requires people to actually sell Hex. So if all the liquidity is on ETH, then the Hex price is going to track with ETH. If ETH goes up, Hex is going to go up. If ETH goes down, Hex is going to go down. But when you have the majority of the liquidity on USDC, ETH moving around has a much, much, much smaller effect because the price of Hex is only people trading Hex. You know, like you still got like one third, maybe Ethereum price fluctuation in there. So like, it's also much easier to outcompete the dollar than it is to outcompete ETH because ETH went up 22X over the last year and the dollar went down. So would you rather compete against something that's going up 22X a year or would you rather compete against something that's like going down, right? So it's, a, it's an easier thing to compete against. It's better for the bear market. <clears throat> so, okay, that was how liquidity works. Oh, so I'm talking about cycling, musical chairs. So people get into Bitcoin, okay, it stalls out. They get into ETH, okay, it stalls out. They get into this third thing then these other two keep falling and then it collapses and everything recompresses and everything goes to shit. So everything that has its primary trading pairs is Ethereum or Bitcoin will go to shit when Ethereum and Bitcoin go to shit because of the same insane pumps that you got from a million dollars comes into crypto, goes into Bitcoin. The guy feels rich, got to diversify, okay? Takes his million dollars that he had in Bitcoin sells half of a million for it for some other coins. What does that do? Hurts the Bitcoin price, pushes the other prices up, but it hurts the Bitcoin price only a little bit because it's a much more liquid market, but it pushes all the other markets up a lot higher because they're thinner markets. And the thinnest markets move up the most, which is why like if you wanna buy Hex right now and you put in a million bucks, you're moving the price up with just a million bucks. You put in a million dollars in Bitcoin, it ain't going nowhere. You put a million dollars in Ethereum, it ain't going nowhere. But if you wanna put a million dollars in Hex, you're moving the price up. That's a feature. That's that's the maximum opportunity in any coin is when its liquidity was lowest. Your maximum gains of Bitcoin was when liquidity was lowest. Your maximum gains yeah, of Facebook. Any coin, any, coin, any equity, anything. Sorry to interrupt, but as more as the hex 
uh, market cap grows, mm -hmm. then that million dollars going there is going to have less of effect. Nope, that's not so, how it works. The, mar the order book has nothing to do with the market cap. It's a common misconception. The order book is the order book. It's the only thing that matters. Oh, some more coins printed. Yeah, and? Did those coins meet the order book? No? Well, then they don't matter. What matters is the order book. So people willing to sell is what holds price down. People willing to buy is what holds price up. And the actual market cap has very little to do with it. Hey, Bitcoin's, uh, if Satoshi's coins that he's never moved, his million coins are sitting in the Bitcoin market cap. They're not for sale. So should they be counted as circulating supply? Hmm. See, do, do they affect the order book? What if they just disappeared? What if you burnt them? You know, you're like, yeah. well, they weren't on the order book to start with. So unless there's people out there like using them for some calculations to assign value, they, they don't really matter. So like the, what matters is the order book. The order book is what sets the prices and, and the, the, the people's behavior in the order book. So what you'll have is a person puts in a million bucks they now feel like they have 10 million, even though they actually don't, because there's going to be slippage, right? So, you know, you get fees, you get slippage, you get taxes and shit. So now he takes his 10 million, he's puts 5 million into ETH, 2 million into alts, does that, hurts that price, helps those prices. And so what you have is you have Bitcoin down, ETH up. ETH is just going up because it's vastly superior, but even if it wasn't, it would just go up on its own because it's a thinner market and the number two. And then you've got, you know, ETH down and now other quote ETH killers up and stupid NFT retarded JPEGs and things. And then what's going to happen is these things will fall down enough to collapse the house of cards. And then everyone's like, oh, fuck, I don't want fake money anymore. I want real money. I want dollars. Give me the dollars. Give me the dollars. And then everyone that thought they were really rich on paper is selling like fuck, trying to get real dollars they can do shit with. And then they all get shaken out, they sell the bottom, and then it's time to go back up and do the cycle again from higher. And we've done this time and time and time again. So the impatient people, the people that buy tops and then sell bottoms, they give their money to the patient people that bought bottoms and sold tops. And it's in every market, it's in crypto, it's, it's everywhere. The impatient pay the patient. So, and this is, this is why I'm so bullish about Hex, is while everyone else is getting fucked tied to Bitcoin and ETH and a bear, you're like, well, we're, we're ready for a bear. Like, come on. I, you know, my gut feeling is that Hex will do fabulous in a bear. Might be wrong. Might be wrong. Might suck dick in a bear. But my gut feeling is that it's going to overperform. And we've seen it overperform in bear market conditions. When everything else is dumping, Hex tends to go up. And I post about it. it pisses a lot of people off. Fuck you guys. You want to feel good when Hex is up and your shit's down? Buy Hex. You want to feel good when the green candles are green for us? Buy some. Then you can feel good too. You can feel Give good like we do. Give us the price forecast then. So one, five, and ten years. If you, I, I mean, can't, I can't make forward-looking statements on X price. I know, but I squeeze one out of you for for Bitcoin. I, I, I don't, I don't mind. Like I'm not the founder of Bitcoin, you know. But I am the founder of X. I'm, I'm just, I don't make forward-looking price statements. I can tell you it's possible. We can do a ten thousand X. We could go up to a hundred bucks. That that people be like, no, the market cap will be too high. You'll be like, the market cap is a made-up number, man. That the market cap is a vanity metric. You, if you try and if you think Bitcoin's worth a trillion dollars, try and sell a hundred billion of it and watch how much money you actually get. The market will collapse quicker than fuck. So you don't have if you think the market caps a trillion and you're going to be able to sell a hundred billion, you're not. That ain't how it works. 
It doesn't work that way in equities. It doesn't work that way in crypto. You actually have a lot less. So when Michael, this is a funny thing, like Michael Saylor. Michael Saylor brags about when he's finished buying. And you're like, hey, Michael, pro tip. When you're finished buying, it means the price is likely to come down a bit because you're finished buying. If you wanted to fucking make the price go up, tell people you're going to buy. And then they might try and front run you. And then you can pay a higher price. But then the, the price is likely to go up. And I don't like this like decreasing smaller buys thing. That's not good. <laughs> I don't like that Elon Musk is already in. Yo, Elon Musk being in means probably not getting in again, right? Like he's in. He got his allocation. Mr. Shark Tank guy, I don't remember his name, bought 3% of his portfolio and like Bitcoin and ETH. You're like, okay, cool. But now you're done buying, ain't you? Yeah. Okay, so that's bearish, not bullish. It was more bullish before you bought. It's bearish after you bought. It's bullish after you sold. It's bearish before you sold, right? Like people just get their, their timings backwards. So are there other Teslas that want to buy billions of Bitcoin? I sure hope so. I wouldn't mind the price going up forever. Well, that was my next question. But historically, question. If, if, it doesn't. There are only one... There are only one set of high rollers, if you will, who who put in the money. If they start the next one or trigger next round of billionaires well, putting so money in, these guys are strong. Someone's got to go first. These guys are strong hands, which is nice, right? They never have to sell. Like like grayscale, they never have to sell. They can literally they bought those coins and they can just sit on them forever. That's awesome. That's really good for price. I like that. So we might not get dips as deep, and we didn't have dips on this run up as deep at all. We haven't had a 40% dip, not a single 40% dip, which we used to have all the time in 2017. We haven't had a single 40% dip in Bitcoin from 3,300 up to, uh, actually, how deep did the dip go? I think it was like 34, 3380 or something like that. I think it's 3,400. So we haven't had a dip from 3,400 up to 60K that's been, uh, 40%, not a single one, not even one. That's abnormal, it's irregular. We've never had done that before. So there has been more buy pressure than we've ever seen before. And people will tell you, here's another metric. You want metrics for, okay, we don't have to have a bear market yet. We've only gone a 3X over the previous all-time high. And the previous all-time high before that, we did a 15X. But elongating cycles, compression due to weight of the market cap, you know, maybe you're only good for maybe a 9X maybe. And so we've only done 3X of a 9X. Sure, we could keep going up. Sure, we could have irrational exuberance and people's $100,000 JPEGs could go to $300,000 and Bitcoin could go to three hundred k. Sure, all that's possible. Yeah, or we could just dump in the next week or two. Could do either one. Now, which one is more, which one have we seen before? The dump. But hey, it's bullish as hell. Real billionaires are buying. Real companies are buying. Real nations are buying. I think there's some African nations that have exposure now, but they're broke, so who really cares? Um, but we do have them Gox coins coming. And so you're just, and we do have people dumping for these quote ETH killers. Okay. Right. And so when I see these rotations into weird shit, you're like, well, that's what we did in 2017 and 2018. We had rotations into weird shit and we had dumperoo. And you're like, this, this would play pretty good on the fractal now. But it could also be weird, right? It could just be like, oh, you know, maybe we'll go sideways for a while and just fuck everybody up. No pumps well, and no well, dumps and just get sideways from here. Yeah, we could do that. That actually Nobody's waiting leads for that me one. into what is the biggest threat to hex? Like, what what are you? What keeps you up at night if, if you're worried about anything about hex and, and what are you doing about it? I'm not worried about anything. Like nothing. There's got to be something. Every. Nope. Come on, let's just go down to swap basics. What, what's your biggest threat or weakness? There's got to be something. We don't really have one. 
we're already gate kept by the by the exchanges. So what are we going to get unlisted? No, nope, we're not listed anyway. It's just opportunity. We're already gate kept by the fucking market cap sites. So what are they going to unlist us? We're already unlisted anyway. Right? They're already gatekeeping us. So this is opportunity. You're like, where can uh, you buy hex? Well, you you saw peer to peer. It's decentralized. It's non-custodial. So you get Ethereum or USDC or any other of thousands of ERC20s and trade them for hex on one inch dot exchange, one inch dot ETHlink, ethhex.com, matcha.xyz. There's 20 or 30 exchanges it's on, but why would you use a centralized exchange for a thinner hex order book when you can trade on the thickest hex order book, peer to peer, non-custodial, no counterparty risk on the blockchain? It's vastly superior. But this is, why aren't these exchanges listing hex? Well, <laughs> I can tell you in some cases, uh, they are a pay to play centralized entity that wants millions of dollars to list uh, something that's amazing when they'll list total dog shit rug pulls for free. So if you want to go enrich one of these centralized cocksuckers that like suspends people's withdrawals for a month and shit like that and has their founders arrested and shit like that, if you want to enrich those guys, you can go ahead and do that. I won't do it. I'm not paying these motherfuckers to then get hexagons to put their money there to then get the hexagons money's lost to hacks. KuCoin got hacked. You know how many hexagons lost money in the hack? None. Why? Because there ain't no fucking hex on their bullshit. Okay, X suspended withdrawals for a month. You know how many hexagons had problems from that? None. Why? Because there ain't no hex in their system. I hate centralized exchanges. They're the enemy. They're the opposite of crypto. They're gatekeeping, privacy reducing horror. So if, if we can never have a hex in a central exchange, that's actually better for everybody. You want to buy hex? Easy. Go get Ethereum. You can go get USDC as an American citizen from Coinbase with no fees. Send your money to Coinbase, get USDC with no fee, buy a little bit of Ethereum, 40 bucks, 30 bucks, and then send it to your MetaMask, send your Ethereum there, send your hex there, and then you could go on oneinch.eth.link or matcha.xyz, and it's going to load balance your order across all the liquidity. It's going to lo load balance it across the USDC pair, which is two-thirds of the liquidity in Uniswap, or... Yeah, two thirds. It's going to load balance it across the ETH pair, which is one third of the liquidity on Uniswap. And by the way, if the ETH price dumps, then the USDC pair will be stronger and the ETH pair will be weaker because the ETH would be worthless on there on the bid side. So, um, and then now there's like a half a million or a million dollars of liquidity on this layer two called QuickSwap. And I don't think Matcha or One Inch can access that. So you might want to load balance some of your order across there too, or you can just use limit orders and be the liquidity. So you're like, hey, I want to buy in. I'm willing to pay this. Anybody want to hit my orders? Okay, I'll pay a little bit more. Anybody want to hit it? I'll pay a little bit more. Anyone want to hit it? And then you don't have to push the price against yourself. You can hope people sell into you. Um, and why do we need a centralized exchange for that? So if you, so like for instance, if what the QuickSwap people are saying is true and they have Transact integrated with their L, L2, then you'll be able to onboard credit card or bank wire directly into Hex using their system. I, I didn't find I just heard about it yesterday and I looked around and couldn't find it so it might not exist yet but they, they said it existed so maybe it's somewhere but I wasn't able to find it um, so, so my point is if Hex had a thinner pair on your centralized piece of shit gets hacked suspends withdrawals fucks you up with the authorities just makes you beg for your own money that is the worst world that is what crypto is designed to get rid of 
So I would rather you get into an exchange with a small amount of money, get that money the fuck out of that exchange as quickly as you possibly can, and then use peer-to-peer non-custodial open source software like Uniswap, which is how I'm telling you to access it, right? So all these other things I'm telling you about, they usually end up in Uniswap trades because that's where the majority of the liquidity is. Um, I'd rather you do that. So now you're on a thick-ass order book. When you onboard at your exchange, you're using a really thick order book with, let's say, USDC or Ethereum. And then you're using that to get the least slippage possible there. No, I mean, shit, if you buy USDC on Coinbase as an American citizen, there's no slippage. There's no order book. There's no slippage. There's no, you just, there's no fee. They just turn it into their coin for you. Cool. Okay. Take that, swap it for Hex, and now you're in a, the other thickest order book for Hex in the world. There is no thicker order book for Hex in the world than Uniswap. And so you're load balancing across the two popular Uniswap pairs using matcha.xyz or oneinch.eth.link. You can't get better order execution. The whole round trip, turning your fiat into USDC or ETH and then turning it to Hex has the thickest order books, period. And then if Hex had launched directly on the exchange, it would be a thinner order book and you would get more slippage and you would have more counterparty risk and you might leave your money there, which we don't want. And so I, I want people to fuck out of exchanges. Cryptocurrency means no counterparty risk. You are in control of your own finances. If you were leaving your money on exchange, you were the reason that these hackers get so rich because you're not supposed to leave your money on the damn exchange. So Hex is actually set up wonderfully. And by the way, the scams in the world that were more popular and successful than Hex, the straight scams like OneCoin, they didn't list on any fucking exchanges. Plus Token Ponzi got $8 billion of Bitcoin. They didn't list on any fucking exchanges. So we know this method works. We, we know this method of on-ramping people without exchanges works just fine because it works for shitty scams. So it'll work for an honest, amazing project. So right now, Hex is just, we just keep building things that are awesome, right? So we got staker.app now, which is awesome. We got this layer two Uniswap trading, which is awesome. We've got, uh, I don't know, ZK uh, rollups, high throughput thing on uh, zksync.io cool if you want to use that we've got anonymity if you want to use it but almost no one does which means the anonymity sets low which means it has low utility and the fees are retardedly high so i wouldn't suggest i would suggest using tornado.cash with eth or whatever other things have liquidity there or anonymity set you'd call it because um, anonymity set for hex is garbage like i wouldn't i wouldn't use that um so you can't like what else do you want you want high throughput we got it you want low fees it's lower in bitcoin or if you're on the layer two it's really low it's just pennies We've got two layer twos. We've got zksync.io and we've got uh, QuickSwap. What else do you want? Oh, by the way, Cardano has none of that. None of it. What, what what will you actually be using it for from here? So in the first instance, correct me if I'm wrong, it was really about getting in there early, staking those um, hex uh, within the hexican community. Love that term, by the way, hexican. It's, it's gold. Every time I hear it, I laugh. I, when I lived in America, side note, I used to all call all Texans Texicans. I do enjoy that. <laughs> but Hexican works even better. Oh, yeah. um, but w what are we actually using Hex for now? Is it, will it be a medium of exchange? Will it, if you want if to I use want it, it way, if you want to use it that way, you can, but there is not much utility to the currency for being used that way. So ultimately we're basically in the simplest terms, my friend, we're buying low and selling high. Yeah. So if you bought Bitcoin at a penny and shoved your thumb up your ass and fell asleep, and woke up 11 years later, you would have made a 5 million X, 6 million X. Okay. Does anyone use it for payments? No. Can you buy anything with it? No. 
you can buy it, you can buy less things with it now than you could in 2017. Negative growth over years for retail adoption. Okay, are the fees lower? No, they're higher. Is the throughput higher? No, not really. I mean, maybe maybe Segwit gave us like a 40% throughput increase because it moved the block weight to a 1.4 meg max and made some and like made some transactions more efficient. So you're like, hey, okay, so like. The price goes up not because the software got better, not because people are using it for retail, not because it's programmable money, not because the Lightning is doing anything. There's like a hundred times more wrapped Bitcoin on Ethereum than there is in the Lightning network. Layer two scaling for Bitcoin, by the way, is called Ethereum. The only thing that's actually scaling Bitcoin right now is Ethereum. Like, oh, well that's, you know, counterparty risk. Yes, it is. Bitcoin sucks. So if you want to make yield on your Bitcoin coins, you could either free claim them and got your free hacks and got yield, or you could wrap it and, and put it and make like, you know, percent of two a year uh, providing liquidity on, on something on Ethereum with wrapped Bitcoin. But then if Bitco just doesn't give you your money back, you're fucked because Bitco runs the wrapped Bitcoin and they could just be like, nope, we're not giving you your money. Haha, ha, we're keeping your Bitcoin. Fuck yourself. They could do that. Bitco could be like, yo, wrap Bitcoin. Nice. We're just going to keep it all. Fuck yourselves. And they can they do that anytime they want. We can do cry. Eh, give us our Bitcoin. How's that working out from Mt. Gox's perspective? Mt. Gox has had everybody's Bitcoin for near a decade or some shit. <laughs> That's a long time, man. Mm. Eight years. Long time. Well, I want to get your um, thoughts on, since we're talking about settlements. I recent, I've released a, a series of videos on XRP, and whenever I do, the, the world erupts as if the world's going to end. Is what's your thoughts on XRP? I won't even do a leading question. Well, it's just another. So, does XRP function? Yes. Does XRP transmit value? Yes. Have people been lost money to hacks on XRP? No. Uh, does it have brand recognition? Yes. Is the price chart fucked? Yes. Do they have massive useless overhead with dumping the fucking living shit out of the coin to have a bunch of people working in a giant building building what appears to be absolutely nothing useful at all? Yeah. Is it? promise of false hopes and dreams of other people's effort. Hi, I'm Brad Garlinghouse and I'm flying around the world trying to trying to make this price go up while I'm dumping the living fuck out of it in my free time. Like, no. It's so it it's oh the banks are gonna use us. And then you go check with the banks. You're like, hey banks, are you using this shit? Nah, we don't use that shit. As a matter of fact, we don't even pay to use it. They beg us to use it. They buy ten percent of MoneyGram and then MoneyGram's like, uh yo First of all, the MoneyGram price up went up more than the XRP price did. So XRP bought 10% of MoneyGram and then MoneyGram stock pumped and pumped way harder than XRP stock or price. And you're like, oh, <laughs> you guys just pump legacy. Oops, dummy dumbs. I thought you were gonna replace this shit. So you bought stock in it? Oh, you fucked up. So now MoneyGram is like, oh, government suing XRP? Yeah, we don't use that shit. We dump it the second we get it. Literally. They're like, whatever they give us, we dump and we don't use it. That's what the fucking MoneyGram dude said. You're like, okay, so this is all scam then. So you guys talking about banks are going to use you, banks are using you, but in reality, banks won't be using you and are not. Scam. So their narrative is a fucking scam. Hey, Hex, what's our narrative? You buy it, you lock it up. It has less negative externalities than Bitcoin. It's more secure than Bitcoin. It's had more audits than Bitcoin. It's had 100% uptime. Bitcoin hasn't had 100% uptime. Hex has. Bitcoin had a so you wouldn't buy, you, you wouldn't invest in XRP with the belief no. that it's going to be. Hell no, there's too many bag holders, man. There's I don't too understand many why there's. Yeah, I mean, the passion around it is beyond 
Like it's almost dangerous talking about so, it. I find. Okay. But I... Have you seen it on uh, television? Yes. Have you seen a guy shilling how to buy XRP at three dollars on uh, CNBC? Yes, you have. And that was the top. Oh, okay. So have you seen anybody shilling hex on CNBC yet? That's opportunity, homie. Have you seen like? So this ratio of how many people had have heard of the shit to how many people will hear about it, it's a really big deal. Hex has tons of potential these other coins don't have because everyone's already heard of them. So you reach your narrative, like you, you have a specific number of people that will be susceptible to a narrative and then your project has a certain number of narratives available to it that it can rotate through and then it captures those users that it, that it reaches. So, I mean, Hex's narrative is goddamn fabulous. 352X up first year, up currently uh, like 12X or 10X versus Bitcoin, or maybe 20X, I, I can't remember. And then probably 20X, I think. And then uh, pays 40% interest per year. And by the way, that's before USD appreciation. So if the price doubles, you got 80%. Price triples, you got, you know, 200, well, whatever, uh, 120%. You get the idea imagine what you're so you got if you made so let's say the price is up 100x right now but you got a double on your stack or at least a 30 percent on your stack just from big payday that's a lot of free ass money man you know like so your stack went up 30 percent and you made interest and the value of the interest you got and your and your principal all went up 100 100x so you're up 130x, 135x, 140x when you account for the extra coins you got, which aren't on the chart. So that's the one thing that sucks about Hex. That's the one thing that sucks about Hex. When you look at the price chart, the price chart isn't showing you how rich people are getting from being stakers. It's only showing you how rich people are getting from not staking, if you didn't stake at all. So that amazing 354x performance, that does not include the fucking gains that you got from being staked, which is the whole idea. So it's underselling the performance. Another thing we have is a share price chart. Share price chart's goddamn amazing. Share price only goes up. It's how we simulate compounding interest. It gets harder and harder and harder for new guys to compete against you, to dilute you for those rewards. So if you bought your shares early, you got the lowest possible share price you'll ever get. And it will only go up in hex terms versus the dollar, you know, it's gonna float with the exchange rate. So that price chart just looks damn fabulous because that price chart also includes how much you received as a staker. So the price chart, normal price chart, doesn't show you the gains you get as a staker, but the share price chart does because the share price chart ratchets up based on people's gains. So we could still even show a better one. Like, like in theory, we could show a chart of, on this day, this person was the person that had the highest equity increase. And then we could just track like, look at this fucking guy look how well he's doing and then show that guy's paper gains and then it would be like yo he got on the big payday he got a hundred percent on his coins because he had a 10-year stake or longer so he doubled his stack on that day and then his stack's up 100x so he's really up 200x and then right so like i could actually and i should really work on being even more accurate displaying the gains that people are getting in hacks because the price mm -hmm. chart on own it's not fucking doing it. Price chart on own shows big payday. Everyone got fucked by a big price dip. 
But in reality, they got fucked a lot less on that dip than everyone expected because they got a huge shitload of new coins. But you can't see that on the chart. Every single staker, 90% of coins were staked for that day, got in between a 30% and 100% payout on that day. And you don't see that in the chart. So price, the share price chart is, is really, and by the way, you could, you could wrap hex stakes on layer one and sell shares in them on layer two. So that's what Grayscale does. Grayscale wraps Bitcoin in their corporate structure bullshit and then sells shares of it on the OTC market. That's what they do. And so you could do the same thing with Hex where you take a layer one stake at 5,555 uh, 5, days, which is maximum yield you can get in Hex terms. And then you don't have to restake it when it expires. Like you could max out the yield at a 10 year stake, but then when it expires, you've got to restake it at a shittier rate with a higher share price because the share price only goes up. So it's, if you care about long-term gains, a 5555 day, a Quattro Cinco stake is the, uh, is the best yield you can get long-term in hex terms and then uh, sell shares in that. And then you could do that on layer two. You could do that on Cardano. You could do it on EOS. You could do it on all the different networks, just like, if, just like Tether does. So Tether, they're just like, all right, we're going to have Tether on other networks because it's just a centralized fake crypto anyway. There's no real crypto there. They can just turn off everyone's coins. They'd be like, ah, ah, fuck you guys. We deactivated all your coin. They can do that. Tether literally has a function that's called like the fuck you function. It's not called the fuck you function, but basically they can just turn off your coins. Your coins won't work anymore. They can, and they can also not redeem them as well. So they can make it so you can't transfer them and they can also not redeem them both. Um, so like, but they launch on multiple networks. So encapsulated hex stakes could trade on multiple networks, get the advantages of on-ramping people from those ecosystems, get the advantages of layer two, more affordable order execution, and get the advantages of locking up more hex for longer because now, whereas people, some people might be fearful, so our average stake length is five years, some people might be fearful to open up a 15-year stake, but this encapsulated stake wouldn't be fearful to open up a 15-year stake because we see this already with Grayscale. So Grayscale has no right of redemption. When you buy Grayscale stock, you cannot turn your money in your Grayscale stock into actual crypto. It's not allowed. So what do you really have? You have a greater fool game. You're like, okay, well, I hope someone pays more for this thing because it's kind of tied to Bitcoin, I guess, even though I can't actually turn it into Bitcoin and that everyone's fine with it. You're like, all right, well, if everyone's fine with that, then we're doing the, I, I think that we should do the encapsulated 15 year stakes because you're gonna end up with more 15 year stakes in the ecosystem. And, it's, and that just means that the, the layer one price should benefit from that. So if the analogy holds, if, if my analogy as to the way that Grayscale's acquisition of Bitcoin, buying it and never selling it, has helped the Bitcoin price, and I do think that it has, then I also believe that a, a nearly identical system that purchased and staked hex for long as fuck and sold shares in the stakes, T-shares, it sold the T-shares, right? So you, you'd have like, they're like bonds. This is how many T-shares you got, and this is how long you got them for. There you go. So you're going to have an expiration date, and you're going to have, uh, but I mean, really, the expiration date is going to be pretty far out there, right? So really just going to kind of have T-shares. It should be interesting. Like, the codes are. Would you do it so. again? Like, is there anything stopping you doing a hex two? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to hurt the hex one price. I could just iterate and do the same thing over a hundred times. I'd be like, hey guys, yeah. we're having hex two. We're having hex three. We're having hex four. Look, it's it's hex five is here, but I don't believe in that. I believe in hex, and I want hex to do well. So, so what's this hex cash I see on um, Coin Market Cap? It's some fake thing. 
that I think even existed before Hex did. It's just some stupid coin that doesn't do anything. Like, it's not, it's, I, I don't, it ain't got shit to do with Hex. It literally has nothing to do with Hex. It just has a, a, just something with a name. That's it. Yeah, because when I was looking it up today, I'm like, am I behind the times? I think, I think it might have been some like before. medical care play or some shit, like a medical care ICO or something. But if I remember off the top of my head, but like, it has no relationship to Hex whatsoever. All There's right, only so, one Hex. So help us out, Richard. We, <clears throat> we've spoken a lot about the coins that won't work. The strengths mm -hmm. and weaknesses, if there are any of Hex. You've well, I mean, the weaknesses, if, in, I can give you weaknesses so if you want them. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, the fees are higher than they used to be. But that's the bear market. Layer two solves that. Encapsulated stake solves that. Uh, bear market <clears throat> solves that in Ethereum. Ethereum bear market. And it's still cheaper than Bitcoin. So if, if, you're, if you're comparing yourself to Bitcoin, we're more secure, faster, higher throughput, better price performative, more features, better community, better logo. You're just like, yeah, it's just about everything better except liquidity. Okay, now who needs liquidity? You trying to buy 100 million? No. Okay, you're trying to buy 10 million? No. Trying to buy a million? No. You don't need liquidity, so stop talking about it. What you need is enough liquidity so you don't get that much slippage. Okay, you want to buy 100 grand? No problem. You're not going to get much slippage. So, you know, the, the point of maximum opportunity is when liquidity is the lowest. And if you give people actual liquidity to give them cheaper coins now so they don't have to pay as much, they then hurt the price later with those cheap coins they got. So Hex was too liquid in the beginning. Hex had too much liquidity. And then people got cheaper coins. And then, then when those guys get out, someone's got to take their position for the price to be where it was, you know? So like, it's, it's better to have thicker order books on the bid side, thinner order books on the sell side, and then buyers move the price up and then sellers don't move the price down as much. And Hex has that currently. There, if you look at the order books that are static, the ones that you can set limit orders in, there's a shitload more buy pressure than there is sell pressure. So. <clears throat> and outside of Hex, what what should we be investing in? I mean, is, we got Hex, Ethereum, and Bitcoin. Look, I mean, Ethereum, before, look, but like, bro, if it's the top, is this where you start getting in? Yeah. I mean, look, man. So you're buying after Ethereum's 22X, yeah? That's when you're going to buy. You're going to buy the, the after the 22X. But beyond entering... Okay, I guess point, you can do what, that. Uh, or you can fucking wait. Out there? Is there anything else out there that is appealing to you at all? Like, uh, are like, you bro, investing in the top, it's going to be the top in everything except a couple rare things, like maybe Hex. Yeah. But really, everything else is going to dump, man. Why would, like... Hey, everything that pumped with Bitcoin and everything that pumped with ETH is likely to dump when they dump. That's just how the markets go, man. And by the way, if equities dumps... Crypto's dumping. And if they raise inflation rates, equities are going to dump. So basically, the Fed can hurt the, the crypto price whenever they want. I'm still going to squeeze it out of you, Richard. We've got these three coins. We're excusing when we're going to. I think, I think Bitcoin's market. a piece of shit. I, I would be much happier taking the, so double the returns on Ethereum than Bitcoin. Hex and Ethereum are really the only two out of the entire market that you like? If you're coming into a bear market... I only like Hex. If we're not at the bear market yet and we get to fuck around for a couple months or maybe, hey, we just blow out everyone's expectations and we just keep going up with irrational exuberance for a fucking year because, hey, why not? Okay, fine. If that's what we're doing, fine. It's not a fractal of the past. The past didn't do that shit. We had 40% dips. Now we don't. Oh, that's weird. Okay. 
so that's the other thing that scares me is like, all right, we went up with no dips. It probably means we can go down with no rips. Like it, it, it means that like the market structure is different. So all the fractals aren't holding, you know? Um, so we could go up for longer or we could dump from here or, you know, like it's, you got to look at it from a Pareto principle. It's like, who hasn't heard about this shit yet that's going to buy a big bag okay we got elon we got mark cuban we got the other shark tank dude we got fucking sailor taking loans apparently to get some extra exposure we got fucking you know all right well like who's left to follow up with these dudes you kind of run out of big names you're like Either I don't understand the market and there's just all these other huge names that just no one hears about and they're just going to buy a huge bag. Well, I guess we're just waiting for Gates, Buffett, and Munger. I think I think yeah. Buffett will die before he buys. Die before buy. I think Munger is going to die before buy. I think Gates is going to die before buy. So you're not getting them dudes. You could hope for some sovereign people to jump in. Like, hey, maybe Norway can jump in with, with their sovereign wealth fund or some shit. That's, your, that's like the only guys I can think of to follow up to help pump this shit. And then you are going to get five billion or eight billion of Gox coins. You're going to get that. Who the fuck knows when? But when that market, man, when that news comes out, Bitcoin price is fucked. It's fucked. So you saw what Michael Saylor and Grayscale could do buying three billion worth. Wait till you see what eight billion a sell can do. Now maybe some people hold. Maybe you only get four billion sell, and maybe there's some side OTC shit. Maybe it's only two two billion net sell or whatever. But like, <laughs> you people think crypto price can't go down. So once once the price goes up for a year straight and just is making new all time highs all the time, doesn't even have a single forty percent dip. People think this shit can only go up. That's what they think. They're gonna learn. They're gonna learn. Crypto can go down, and it can it can go up higher than you think, and it could go down lower than you think. So I believe in the dip. Hey, we went out with no big 40% dips. Cool. That's great. My paper net worth is looking fabulous. But I believe in a dip, man. So look, I, and the, what, what's the I'm already thinking when I'm making tweets, like, okay, after the dip happens, am I going to be able to brag like a motherfucker about this particular tweet? Because when everyone's on their fucking knees selling the bottom, I'm like, hey, guys, remember when I told you about this shit? I told you not to buy them NFTs, remember? I told you not to spend 100000 on JPEGs, remember? Yeah, remember? Now I'm going to remind you. I'm going to shove this in your face. Yeah, I know you shouldn't add insult to injury, but fuck you. I tried to save you, and you said no. So, you know. Is like, USDC your coin of choice to, for a stable coin? Here's, here's the issue. USDC can just turn your shit off whenever they want. But that would blot their business model, and they would lose tons of money doing that. So I think they've only done it once or twice due to court orders. So it seems like a low-risk point for people that aren't committing crimes. If you're not committing crimes, probably USDC ain't going to fuck you. I do think that they are the best counterparty. So, if I, you know, Tether, huh, they're getting sued left and right, covered up lost funds before. I'm not cool with that shit. You read them chat logs and chat logs look a little funky. So I'm mm -hmm. like, nope, I'm not cool with that. So I would definitely trust USDC's counterparty risk and banking relationships in the fucking United States over all the third world bullshit. Because even if Tether plays as legit as possible, let's say Tether is legit as could possibly be. We've seen banks straight jack them before. And who are their banking partners? They're banking with Silvergate Bank in the U.S. They're banking with uh, Silicon Valley Bank. They, who are they banking with? Now, they're banking with some people in the third world. 
okay, well, I've lived in the third world and I lost a lot of money there and I know how it goes. The third world is the third world for a reason. It's not the first world. So shit does not work well over there and you can get fucked up. So the banks that they're working with could just be like, oh, you want to let your customers redeem? Nah, we're just not going to let that happen. Sorry. And what are they going to do? Cry, complain to the third world judge? So, you know, I would choose USDC over Tether in a fucking heartbeat. And I would choose some exposure to DAI as well because it is more federated, kind of decentralized. But the problem with DAI is that they made it multi-collateral and now you can use Tether to mint DAI. And you're like, fuck. So now y'all polluted. So now someone's trying to launch a, an alternative, less pollutable kind of DAI thing. And, you know, DAI is how you spell it. I just, so like maybe the USDC and DAI are probably the premier um, stable coins, in my opinion. I, I wouldn't have any. Yeah, you, you were talking about that before with, um, with Dent going into that a lot and that's why i asked at the beginning if he ever got back to you because i think you were going to school him on it but it never actually happened in the end well look man i, I hand out free knowledge all day every day and uh you know some people listen and they do real well and some people don't listen and i make fun of them later you can be a I've warning a, or an example just a random question remember pre-covid days it was like all these crypto conferences where people get together i think there was one where people actually got onto a ship I believe it's sponsored by Russians. Uh, Synth from Skycoin was telling me about it where they'd fly in all these Russian hookers and they would get them all on a ship and everyone would be there um, plugging a coin. Th did you ever go to any of these? I've seen you talk live Man. Uh, in, in certain conferences. Are so they coming back, do they have any value? I have a weird relationship with conferences. So I love to sell. Love it. And I love to speak about shit I'm passionate about. And I like being on stage. I'm a good speaker. Crowd's happy. I'm happy. It's a symbiotic relationship. And I also know that every money you spend, every penny you spend on a conference, you could have bought a coin and got rich with. But instead, you blew it at a stupid conference. So if you think about money you spent, so I was at the 2013 Amsterdam Bitcoin conference. There's videos of me walking around there. You can see me on YouTube. And, uh, and I was even earlier. I was at like late 2012 or early 2013 another conference in Amsterdam that like Adam Back was at and like I, everybody was there right like there was just there was only like 20 people there so I'm like one of 20 people at the conference and then a lot of those guys went on to do other shit in the in the ecosystem in the Bitcoin ecosystem so like Mo I think runs the Bitcoin Miami kind of meetup thing like the their big conference thing and then uh, some other dude that I met there can't remember his name exactly, but he uh, launched some other coin called Fundfair. And so like all, a lot of the people that you see at these events, they went on to launch big coins, you know? And then other people that have met me at events are like, oh, I'm, I met Richard at this event. He launched Hex and shit. Like, so we get these early beginnings and then we branch out and do, do big shit. But if you think about the money you spent on that conference, if you had bought Bitcoin instead of the fucking conference ticket, you would have made a lot of money. So I like conferences. I like, you know, people, I ain't gonna say worship, but man, I'm popular at these fucking things. And that was before Hex. So I was popular at these events, people taking selfies and, and being super happy and shit, you know, um, before Hex. Now after Hex, I imagine it's gonna be fucking pandemonium. Cause I'm, I mean, how many millionaires do we make? And I know people took the money out, cash. Cash went in, multiplied by a shitload, cash came out. 
I mean, I, I got a video dude bought a full spec maxed out Lambo Aventador maxed, you know, I got fucking, uh, you know, people send me sometimes some pictures of the shit they got. And I'm like, man, that's cool. You know, congrats, man. Congrats. You'll regret that later though. Price keeps going up. You're going to think that was stupid, but it feels awesome right now, huh? <laughs> you know, it's just like Bitcoin. You're like, all right, all right, all right. What if you sold a little coin? So it went up to 20K and you're like, all right, I'm going to take some off of 10, buy something cool. And that felt good when it went to three. You're like, yeah, man, look at that. Got three times as much shit selling at 10 instead of three. But then it goes to 60 and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. See what I mean? Because if well, you wait, you wait three so. years, you're making new highs with a good product market what, fit. When do you sell? But is it difficult? You just sell it. Like, look, look at me. Have you seen anything change? I mean, I took away my cup because oh, I don't yeah, want to hit it with my elbow again. There, that's two things actually. One, your candlestick holder is straight. Moment, right? <laughs> I zip tied it and super glued it and fucking. Oh, is that what like, you did? Yeah, I got a zip tie you here. Know? I got hot glue. I got fucking. Uh... Didn't you say some drunk chick fell over and knocked it? Over? Yeah, she knocked it off a pedestal. I used to have it on this big pedestal, and then this drunk chick knocked it over. And then it fell on the bench and broke the bench, but breaking the bench absorbed a lot of the energy that would have fucked it up more. So I guess that was good. I ain't got, well, I mean, I could tell you. So where this used to be, something new has replaced it. I have a giant disco ball panther that's about this tall. <laughs> but the reason I don't put it here is from all the mirrors because it fucks my OPSEC, right? Like right now, I'm not sharing screen with you. But if I have a bunch of fucking mirrors sitting here. I am virtually sharing screen with you, right? So if a girl sends me some nudes or something, now I'm like fucking up my stream with the reflection. So I have to have only non-reflective shit here, which is why I'm happy to like, see, like I'm not shining this, you know? I'm just letting it be fucking like grungy or whatever because I'm not trying to virtually share screen with it, you know? Um, but I wish, I'm, I'm, so I call it the disco cat, but it's really a panther. I was thinking of just setting this motherfucker like here, here or something. It's really cool looking, man. Super cool looking. Just tweet it so we can see it. Do a, do a tweet shot, at least so we can see it. Production value, man. It's got to be baller. Nothing's baller uh, enough for people, man. You're like... Hey, um, that glass that you knocked off the other day. It's what, fine. Did it actually... Did it smash? It's fine. It's just sitting right here. Dude, you it was see hilarious. It? I can grab it. No, it's but okay. I don't want to knock it over again. There's no, like... Was, and I actually, I have enough hexagons here. Like, this shirt is hexagon enough. I don't, I, I don't really need the cup also, like, you know... <clears throat> No, um, there was a, a, another question I had for you just with it, those uh, conferences. Uh, are you finding it now that the more money you make and the more successful you become, the harder it is to make friends? I mean, not meet nope. people, not meet people, but deep friendships. Oh, no, no. Everyone thinks that shit. When you get really rich, you know people I mean? are like, oh, they're just fucking you for your money. You're like, maybe they come in for that, but that's not what I stay for. It's just like when you, when you go in to buy a car, right? You're going to get upsold. So if a chick likes me for the money, then she'll be like, actually, I like him for the dick. You know, like you just, whatever gets them in the door to get your audition. Like that's, that's fine. So like people don't even ask me for money because they know I'm going to say no. So I don't even get DMs. I, I really rarely receive DMs for people asking me money because they just know I'm going to tell them to fuck off. Hey, man, uh, you know, some bad shit happened. I need some money. Hey, you know who else has some bad shit? People that don't have internet access. They can't even send me a message like this. If I'm going to go hand out money, help people out, I'll help them out. Maybe, you know, you don't really need it. Like, so I'm not, you know, my, my goal is to promote medical research. That's the end game. 
And if I don't get it right, I'm going to die. If I do get it right, I might live 10 years longer. I want my 10 years. So helping some other dude that fucked up a trade. Nah, dude. <laughs> Go get a job, bitch. Oh, you broke. You fucked your trade up. Go get a job. Get a fucking job. Go add value to someone's life. I worked a job for a long time. You can go work a job and bailing your ass out. You know? So, like... Beyond strangers, though, are there family members leaning on you? My family the doesn't... Extended family? I'm literally like, hey, you can have anything you want. What do you want? They don't want nothing. Nothing. I'm just like, you sure you don't want anything? You have anything you want. Nope. It's crazy. It's like... Wow. I don't get it. If someone went to me and was like, hey, Richard, man, you can have anything you want. I'd be like, yeah, well, we're going shopping. I'll take free shit. You want to give me free shit? I'm taking it. People want to buy me dinner? Pay the bill. I love it. I love free shit. I absolutely love it. So when you, when you buy people stuff, they resent it. They hate it. So you hurt, your, you hurt your relationships and you hurt your friendships when you give people money. Because inside, they feel like they owe you, which means they feel like they got to work to pay you back which feels like work. And so their option is, their brain is like, okay, either we could work, which sucks, or we could just not like them anymore and make up some reason we don't like them. And then we don't have to work because magically that absolves our debt somehow if they suck. So we'll just think they suck and then I don't have to work to pay this money back and then I'll forget they exist and then I'll move on with my shitty life. You know, That's what people's brains do. But if you borrow money from people, then they love you forever. So if someone buys you dinner and they think you owe them, they're happy to stick around. No reason to say mean shit about you at all. Because some part of their brain's like, ah, better not say mean shit. He might not pay me back. So <laughs> when you give people money, you hurt your relationship. When you borrow from money, you help the relationship. It's crazy. Hang on. So if you lend someone money, that you, helps You're them. fucking your relationship yeah. in the ass. If you lend it to them. Yes. You but never you lend money to friends or family. You will lose the friends and family. You must give it or not give it. But if you lend it, your relationship is wrecked. But wow. if you can borrow money from them, your relationship is good to go because they're going to be nice to you because they want you to pay them back. But if they owe you money, they're going to be mean to you so they don't have to pay you back. So you always want to, you want to be on the receiving side and owe people. You do not want to be on the being owed side because you will lose the money and the friendship. I know this. Are there, are there any <clears throat> crypto goers in the, in the crypto space? I don't know, perhaps Adam Goers? himself. That, no, that you're mates with. Like, who's, your, who's your buddy in the crypto space? Who's your wingman? Is there such a thing? And I'm not I don't, with the I don't have that. Do. I don't have that. So you so go, like, let's say we go to this conference. You go to a, a conference you know, post-COVID days, if it ever mm -hmm. happens. Yep. Uh, you see all these uh, big boys, if you will. Mm -hmm. Who would, would is there any that you'd sit down and have a beer with or hang out with? Yeah, any of them. I mean, look, when you go to a conference, you're going to hang out with all those speakers and talk shit, and you're all going to like try and do your value exchange and find synergy and all that. But like, in in my free time, I'm not hanging out with crypto people because we have hexagons now. Maybe that changes because I respect hexagons and I'd like so many other things about them. But like, I've already, look, man, I've already got all this shit figured out. So me saying the same thing over and over again to my quote, like friends, I'm not interested in doing that shit. Like my friends have to already know everything pretty much like, you know? So like, is there, is there people, is there like a, a forum for people that love the U S dollar and try and promote the U S dollar? Not really. 
but it's much more popular but it's not fun you know so like i i just if i go to a crypto conference and the conference is over i'm going to try and get laid is what i'm doing if i can't do that all right i'm gonna fucking network fine i'll do it but i would much rather get laid than talk than talk about crypto <laughs> like i would much rather get laid than talk about crypto because i'm already uh, like what am i what am the fuck like Watch my yeah, trillion hours of videos, guys. Like, why do I need to say the same shit to you in person? To, how many, um... Oh, it's wrecked. It's wrecked. Be, Your I'm only hope is Booth Girls. It's wrecked. Really? There could be, you why couldn't have they, a worse demographic. It's all why dudes. are there not more women in the crypto space besides Booth Girls? Because the... girls just aren't as cool as guys? No. God, you're That's what's up. <laughs> hey, why don't girls fix their cars? Because they're not as cool as guys. Hey, why don't uh, girls like, you know, fucking, what are, what are other cool shit guys do? They're, they're, why don't girls shoot guns more? Well, they're just not as cool. Like, why don't they fucking, uh, you know, do more extreme sports? They're just not as cool. Why don't they do like more good comedy? They're just not as cool. That's what's up. They're more caring. They're more pretty. They're like, you know, they have other shit they can do that guys can't do. This This concept that like, Everybody has to be gray goo that's identical to each other and there could be no specialization or difference. So so diversity is strength. Oh, but also if you're diverse, you're disgusting, be just like everybody else. That's what they want. Like guys and girls have to be the same. No, no, they don't. Sexual dimorphism exists. Girls are supposed to act like this. Guys are supposed to like act like that. That shit works really good. And then the shit that's not like that, it doesn't. So if I go to a lesbian bar trying to hook up three ways, the short hair tank top lesbian girls, they don't like me because it's only like 1% of the patrons are the long hair unicorn bisexual, probably just new to that shit. Girls that'll play both ways. Those are the fucking unicorns that I'm there for. And I'm taking them from the short chubby shaved head fucking bull dykes. Like I'm, I'm getting that girl and she's not getting that girl. Cause I make a better guy than the bull, like than the bull dyke does and that pisses them off. So they're basically because you're just the like competition, right? Exactly, because we're both there trying to hook up with the same people. So you know, I, I show people respect, and I you know I don't blow people's sets out or amog them or like fucking, I would just go do my own thing, right? Like I'm not trying to get into fist fights over the shit, but uh, yeah, like people are supposed to act different. There's a male energy and a female energy. Some girls have a male energy. Some guys have a female energy. It's just is what it is. It's the same in penguins. It's the same in giraffes. It's the same in all the animals. You get the luck of the draw, you know? Some people like this kinky thing. Some people like that kinky thing. Some people don't like sex at all. You're just born with what you're born with, man. And you've got some variants in there that you can try and, like, shift around. But, you know, there's a girl you grab by a throat choker, she's getting wet. There's another girl, that shit will make her cry in a fucking heartbeat. And you've got to know what type of person you're dealing with. And every, we've all got this same shit ourselves. There's shit I like, there's shit I don't like. I didn't get to choose it, man. It's just what it is, you know? So you gotta, when you're trying to make people happy and make people feel good and bring value to their life, you've got a blueprint and identify what is going to work for them. So if you're like an Asperger's libertarian bro and you go into a bar and you start trying to talk to a girl about like thermodynamics or crypto, you're out, dude. Don't give a fuck about that shit. <laughs> like, I do not care about that shit, which is why all the people watching the stream right now are dudes. There's 99% dudes watching this shit right now. Is it because I chose my audience and was like, 
I don't like girls. No, I would. I would hate it if really hot girls liked my coin that I found it. Oh God, that would be horrible. Trying to text me and hang out with me all the time. Oh God, I, what would I do? I only want dudes, just dudes only. No, I didn't check that fucking box. I didn't check the dudes only box. But for whatever reason, dudes just like power and strength more and girls like pretty more. And so girls do pretty and guys do power. It's just like our deodorant, man. Our deodorant is called like kill, fuck, murder zone. And the fucking girls deodorant is called like jasmine, lavender, lush. There's just, we're not built to be the same, man. Not like at all, which is why we can lift double the weight. I don't give a fuck if you're trained or untrained. You lift double what a a girl does, period. And they get to live longer and come for longer. And you're like, all right, so there's some trade-offs, fine. But let's not pretend the trade-offs don't exist or pretend the system works better getting rid of all the fucking specialization. Women make great women. Let them do that. And, and they learn this in societies. It's called the paradox, the welfare paradox, if you want to Google it. The welfare paradox is that when you give people more freedom, they become more masculine and more feminine and less similar. So in a, in a society where... Say that again, when they get more welfare. More freedom equals more, more freedom. differentiation. So if you if you if you go into a society where there's no strife and anyone get, everyone gets free education, everyone can do whatever they want, in those societies, all the nurses are girls and all the firemen are guys. And when societies get more fucked up and more hard, then you get girls acting like guys and guys acting like girls, and it just gets more wacky. Like, mm. so when you give people maximum freedom and maximum prosperity, the girls act more girly and the guys act more like guys. Just what happens. It's a paradox. Like people thought it would be the other way. People thought like, you know, actually guys want to be nurses and they, they're just not able to because they're not empowered and, and really girls want to pick up garbage and they're just, you know, no, actually they don't. Girls don't want to pick up garbage. Girls don't want to do construction. Girls don't want to fucking be firemen. They don't. If a girl wants that, she has a masculine energy and I wouldn't be surprised if she was making out with girls after work. Like, so, you know, you just get, you got to respect how it is, man. And stop trying to put your own human fucking dumb ideas that you think, you know, better than the system, you know, because they're, they're literally discongruent internally. They have cognitive dissonance. Diversity is power. That's true. I would like Italian restaurants to exist and Mexican restaurants to exist and fucking steakhouses to exist. And I am not sure that my steakhouse would be better if they sold uh, chalupas and and fucking uh, you know pasta and shit like maybe nice. it would be okay or maybe you can only have one narrative at a time like maybe my documentary is not my horror film is not my drama is not my comedy maybe my pickup truck is not my sports car is not my monster truck is not my sherp those things are fucking awesome might, might not get one of those they're just cool you can run over anything with it. It's it's a it's, it's like, like a monster truck. Big wheels. Yeah. 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 So it's that. like a skid steer. What a billionaire's yeah. 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 They're like 150k. Russian or something. Yeah, they're Russian. Really cool, but they're they're slow as shit. Like their top speed is like 35 miles an hour, and they're noisy, but they just look cool. I don't know. I should probably and test, they can go test on water. Before I, I think they're like yeah, a boat. As they well, drive on water. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. maximum speed on water is like seven miles an hour or something. So. Girls and guys are supposed to be different. It works awesome. And if you don't like that girls and guys are different, in fact, you suck. You should appreciate the beauty and the difference and, and the specialization. 
you don't go on a football team and see 11 quarterbacks because that shit doesn't work. Specialization and synergy works. There's a reason girls can breastfeed and we can't. We both got nipples. How come they're the only ones that make milk? Because it would be a misallocation of resources. The kid only needs so much milk. They're already making it. Let's us optimize for strength and performance and speed. And let's let them optimize for generating offspring, taking care of offspring and carrying them around and shit. That's why their hips are wider. They're shittier at running because their hips are wider, but they're better at popping kids out and carrying them around. Fact, they're better at breastfeeding. Milk comes out of their titties. Dudes ain't getting milk out of their titties. So like, you know, <laughs> if you don't like the way the system works and you just want to be angry at nature and angry at evolution and angry at what works, you're fucking up. You know, you're making the world a worse place. So if diversity is strength, and it is, and specialization is strength, and it is, stop trying to destroy diversity whenever you find it. Diversity means motherfuckers be acting different. Let them act different. Stop trying to make everyone into gray goo. It'd be a horrible world. The the, the irony is, <clears throat> is that on one hand, they're screaming uh, diversity is great. And it's like, yeah, we get that. Every diversity is great. And then it's like, we all need to be the same. And I'm always like, well, which one is it? Are we... Yeah, they're, we they're opposites and they support both and you're like you realize you That's guys right. are cognitive like you you're presenting a paradox and you're just dumb St stephen covey mm -hmm. writes about um the, the three levels so at your lowest level you're dependent at your higher level you're independent and at the highest level is interdependence which is that that symbiotic uh, relationship where you you know the, the for me if i was going to get a tattoo uh, it would be at the yin yang symbol because it, it's that interdependence that creates this balance as opposed to just going to the lower level which is simply independent there's um, more there's more advanced belief systems along that line so there's a book called spiritual or spiral dynamics which basically color codes people as when you come out you're red you're power god everything is about you i need this i need it now that's what children are about then as you age you get into purple which is tribes groups gangs friends then when you get older you get into systematic groups such as religion police blue color then you got the entrepreneurs that go with the orange color then you've got the uh, spiritual people you know the holistic systematic kind of energy earth sociology bullshit your greens and then apparently there's the people that transcend all these levels and merge them all your aquas or whatever which is kind of like whatever you know so people that other people think are enlightened really they just never seen them take a shit you're like oh you think they're enlightened you should smell their ass <laughs> you'll be like ah, it's a little less enlightened lay off the mexican so you know it's never meet your heroes is basically like your ability to hold someone in high regard is reduced when you're aware of their humanity you know so so i think spiral dynamics is an improvement on the three version system that you've got there yeah, there was another one that said that the when you first come out, you're the camel. No, sorry, the lion. You're fighting everything. So mm. in the first three parts of life, you're fighting everything as the lion. Then you, as you get older, you become the camel where you're carrying the world's problems on your shoulders and being weighed down. And then very few people make it to the highest level, which is actually the child. The highest level is ironically the child where you can bounce around and be free and, and actually happy and just... Let yourself go and that sounds like uh you're in the old folks home pooping yourself you're just like i can just take a shit right here this is looking <laughs> fine right here no reason or, to even get or not up. yeah and not caring 
in many ways i actually say richard that you have actually reached that highest level of the child uh in the sense that you're just so free to say what you like yeah, uh, all right. hold people uh, accountable and just tell them how it is you know i do look like um, a large child walking around the house i basically just wear underwear and a t-shirt all the time I'm not a fan of pants so if you ever see me walking around the house i look like a large baby <laughs> as long as your toilet train brother yeah have, have you got yourself a puppy dog yet another one no nah, not I still yet remember that one day one. yeah one day i'm sorry for that loss bro. it happens yeah. man if i was better at medicine uh maybe i could have fucking helped but Currently, I yeah. uh, haven't made any medical progress whatsoever. Time's ticking. Richard, I'm very grateful for today. Um, I guess before we close off, uh, is there anything that you'd like to plug in particular? Sure. Uh, uh, any hot girls you want to send my way? Uh, that would be fine. Well, Just there's kidding. a few in the chat who are actually saying uh, to you girls out there, uh, Richard is open to DMs. So I encourage <laughs> no, you to don't, speak don't. to young Richard. Listen, girls that are listening, don't fucking DM me. I'll... I, don't do it. How do they get in touch with you? How do they do it? If you, you want to DM to the, me, uh, t.me Richard Hart. But I know it's a bunch of you fake-ass Indonesian dudes trying to scam for money. So just don't, okay? Uh, <laughs> like, okay. If, you want, if you want me to think you're a real chick, send me that selfie with a timestamp on that shit. And then at least I'll know you're a real human. But probably we ain't doing nothing anyway. Well, besides um, conferences, how do these girls meet you then? Gosh, we oh, I just, man, like, when it's not COVID, I just walk outside and say hi to people. Hi. What's up? How's it going? What you doing over there? And that's it. Like I can talk about anything, you know. I like I like fashion a lot, so I'll be like, hey, I got something. I bought a girl something just like that. You heard of this? Ah, yeah, I knew you'd like that. There's no so, way you could be in LA with that line. There's no. Oh, you, bro, the line doesn't matter. So what? So here's here's how it works. It almost doesn't matter what you say. It almost doesn't matter what you're wearing. Almost. Looking better is better if you can do it. But your posture, your tonality, your facial expressions, which direction you're facing, the underlying motive for the interaction. Are you just cool? You're a cool dude hanging out. They're cool. All right. Everybody's happy. Are you needy? Do you, are you there to get some shit? Are you there to take value instead of give it? You know, Or give value and demand shit in return? Like Stuff like that. They know all that off the bat. When a girl... like. This, this shit you'll hear saying, like, when a girl meets you, she knows what you should fuck you, like, immediately. That shit's mm. true. Because the girls will tell me this. They're like, yeah, when you said hi to me, I, I knew I was going to fuck you. I was like, I like that. That's cool, you know? Because if I see, man, if I see a girl that's looking real good, I'm running after. Hey, what's going on? I like your outfit. Thought I'd say hi. You want to meet a cool American dude? I'm pretty cool. Right? And there's all types of different shit. So, like... I have friends that do similar things, but they just don't have as much going for them. But they just make it up with numbers. And some of their openers are just the worst. Like, where's the ATM? Oh, so you're needy. You don't know what's going on. You need them to fill you in on shit. Really adding a lot of value here, man. Good DHV story. This stands for demonstrate higher value. Like, so, I don't know. I, like, the funny thing is, so in the beginning, you're just not good at shit, right? So I, I was always good with people, but girls are different creatures, man. It's different. It's a different. It's a different vibe. So being good with dudes and being good with girls is just fucking different. And I had to learn this shit, man. So I, I I went out with some dudes every night for years, maybe maybe a year, straight, and just talked to thousands and thousands of people. And then you just become more fun and more exciting and just 
you just become a better person. So the difference between me, like when I go out now and me then is just gigantic. It's gigantic because you just, it's, it's the same. It's a performing art, right? Like being fun and exciting and friendly is a performing art and you can get paid for it. You can do it on stage and be a comedian and get paid for it, you know, or you could be a, you know, if you're a good storyteller, you're going to be captivating and interesting in person or over the net when you're telling your stories, you know, or you could do that shit for a living and write screenplays and get paid or write novels and get paid. It's the same behavior. It's the same honorable intention and honorable behavior of being creative and engaging and, and adding value to people's lives. So like for me, if I'm out like meeting people, particularly girls, I want them to have the most fun they've ever had in their life. And I want to do the same thing too. And then it's finding the right people that are in the right place in their life to do that. And then, you know, organizing things in a way that you know works out well, right? So we're not gonna drink too much. We're not gonna drink too little. We're not gonna have too many dudes. We're not gonna, we're gonna be in this, like just understanding what a good setting is and, and things like that. And then you just end up with like a bunch of really, really cool experiences because you know how to create beauty. When I run into people that don't take direction well, it's really hard for me to create beauty because it's really hard for me to get the structure into a, a format that works well, you know? So like- How important is money during that process? Not at all. Absolutely not at all. It depends on, so it's actually, if, if you meet a girl and she's wearing green clothes, wooden jewelry, puka shell necklaces are okay, but like crystals and, you know, like quartz crystals and shit, you talk about money, you're blown the fuck out. She doesn't like money. Matter of fact, she hates it. She resents that you have it. And so you got to transition into some stories about people you help and what you really care about in life and how you're a spiritual person. And we all are, right? So, you know, you are many different things and you have many different moods and many different behaviors and which one of those you present will greatly affect how much the person you're talking to has fun or has horror. You know, so if you, if you meet a hippie chick and you keep talking about money and conquest and power and employees and shit, she's going to throw up on you, hates it. And she's, you know, obviously indicating she doesn't like that shit. But then you meet other girls that are drowning in an LV and taking selfies and like checking how many likes they got and shit and playing a different kind of status game. Then they're going to like stories about celebrities, you know, you know, opportunities they might have shit like that. And so what, the, the lens that you use to present who you really are should be different depending on who you're speaking to. So I know the people that are listening here want to get rich. So I'm talking about shit that can make them rich. This makes everyone very happy. I know people here like to have fun, you know? So I, I talk about fun shit. Um, you know, like optimize you for the people that you're with and you are more valuable to them because you're giving them what they want. And so many people, they just have one playbook, one style that they practice a lot. And unless they're around exactly the right kind of people that respond well to that, you know, they just have a lot of arguments or strife or, you know, you know, shit, just systems that don't work, places that don't go, go well. Like if I go to a bar, I'm not talking to dudes. I don't give a fuck. I'm not talking to dudes. Don't care. You talk to a dude, okay. It, it, what am I gonna do with the dude? Yeah. Well, maybe he's got a friend, if you know what I mean. Nope, that ain't working, mate. 
Girls go out in pairs, or do you do, you do not? That doesn't work. Yeah. Nope. Because yeah. you're, you're, he wants that shit, and that's why they're there. So that guy that's been friend-zoned, he's not really happy to see you hit. He's like, you're hurting him by getting what he wishes he could get. So he's not happy about that. And, like, it's hard to say. Like, it's like a performing art. Like, I've seen thousands of interactions with thousands of groups of people, and I just know the ones that are the fucking awesome ones where we're going to have a shitload of fun. And then there's the teeth pulling shit and I ain't pulling teeth, man. Girl meets you, loves you, wants to hang out with you. Big fat fucking friend, big ass ham claws. <laughs> you got to do this with me. And then you have to sacrifice one of your friends into this fucking animal, this fucking disgusting monster who's ugly outside and in. Cause I've tried to interact with these motherfuckers every way possible. Try being overly nice. Try being cocky funny. Try to be fucking challenging. Try and feign interest in the monster. I've tried everything. They're just disgusting. Can't can't fix them. Not fixable. You got to sacrifice one of your poor bastard friends to this monster to occupy this monster so that her friend that's actually fun and nice and friendly, you can spend time with them and go do something exciting to free yourself of this fucking horrible husk of a human. I just, man, I have no mercy for the big fat friends. Like, if, if there's a big fat friend in a group, I'll just be like, yep, yeah, I don't like her. Sorry. And then the set's blown out. <laughs> if you don't like somebody's friend, the set's fucking blown. I'm just like, yeah. You want to have, you're cool. I like you. You're nice. I don't like your friend. I don't like this back turn shit. I don't like this grabbing you and forcing you and pulling you around like your dog or some shit. I'm not into that. I like women to be free. And this doesn't look like freedom to me. This looks like she's in charge of you and you're her like slave or some shit the, the scenario that you're <clears throat> painting is very very clear in my mind internationally is it doesn't it, it's not bound by language color or culture it nope i know what you're talking about nope. my my only question for that is why does why does the fun side of that relationship so you've got one who's like the monster yeah and just wants to drag everything down yep then you've got the fun open loving free spirit who allows themselves to be tied down that's the bit i don't get i'm like why are you with this person why have you gone out to have oh, this good time yeah i know how that works so if you've if you've ever been out with a friend and your friend out pulls and you don't get shit or like the girl switches from you to him man that shit pisses you off that shit pisses you off that happens to girls too so if a, if a pretty girl goes out with another pretty girl and then she doesn't get shit she feels hurt like hurt nobody wants to be second best out there so what do they do they're like well when i hang out with my ugly friend if we meet cool people i'm getting the fucking good one so when that's what the fat girls do so the fat girls want to feel important special and so gr nobody would ever talk to them if they're just there with another fucking ugly friend but if they have a hot friend okay at least there's going to be some social action interaction going on so people people basically like when girls take selfies they know to put the hot ones in the middle. So every fucking sorority, every group of fucking girls, every time they are self-selecting the hot one to be in the middle because they know it adds value to the entire group to put your, your best face forward or your best foot forward. So, you know, in a bar and they don't even, they might not even understand that they're doing this, but it just ends up that way. 
It's like guys lifting weights. Oh, I just lift weights for myself. Yeah, you just lift weights for yourself. Yeah, that's what's up with that Instagram profile for yourself too. Yeah, right? Because you don't know what kind of food you're eating. Now, you do know what kind of food you're eating. You just want everyone else to know it. So you're putting that shit on the internet. And so what people think they're doing for themselves, they're just unconsciously doing for other people, right? Like, and it's fine. It's, it's a better way to be. It's better that everyone's not a psychopath that doesn't care about other people. It's better that people do care about other people's opinions, the right people. So fuck girls will girls will murder their own chances to meet two cool dudes by self-selecting to hang out with a big fat friend for that type of synergy where the the girl that's more like fun and friendly is going to get the hotter guy and then the monster is still going to have some social interaction and maybe the guy willing to jump on the grenade to hang out with her poor son of a bitch you know um and what they don't realize is that if two good looking dudes go out and they're smart we're talking to two pretty girls because I don't feel like slaughtering my friend that I'm hanging out with with this fucking horrible thing. Like, I did, it's no good. And the, the funny thing is, like, people think that, like, prettier people are more shallow and shittier, and I found the exact opposite. I found that prettier people are more fun, more exciting, nicer, easier to, to hang out with, and that the fucking ugly ones have got a big-ass chip on their shoulder, just like a, a short policewoman or maybe some short guys, they got a chip on their shoulder, they're pissed off about the world didn't treat them right, and they're going to fucking take it out on your ass. So this guy didn't, this guy wasn't nice to me, so I'm going to fuck up you, because you have the misfortune of talking to me. And that's what happens. And you're like, and, I, and I've seen this gone wrong. Like, you know, I tell a girl straight up, I'm like, look, I'm looking at a sensual fun tonight, and you don't really seem like you're into it. I don't know if you got a boyfriend or what your deal is. I respect you. It's all good, but... I'm going to talk to this girl over here. I hope you understand. And then they start crying. And you're like, okay, I guess I'm not going to do that again. So you, you're like, all right, get a big-ass bottle of champagne. All right, here, let's hang out for a little while. I'll try and walk you through this. You can't do it. You cannot do it. That shit does not work. Like once the set starts crying, it's not good. <laughs> well, you're because, talking about someone that you just met that evening. Yes, minutes ago. 10, 20 minutes ago, because people come out there in fucked up states already. Like people are already on tilt and on edge and shit is going on in their life, right? So this girl had a boyfriend that their relationship was going shit already. And so she wants to feel important, special. And if I'm choosing another girl over her because she's not sensually available, that offends her because she doesn't realize she's like wasting my time and not giving me anything that I want. And I am a nice human being and I deserve to have fun in my life. And so does that other person I'm not talking to because I'm hearing her story about how shit sucks for her, you know? Mm. So they're greedy, they're living in their own mind space and they don't care what's best for me or fun for me or good for me. They just care about themselves. And a lot of people kind of live in that way. Like they don't, they don't understand that there's a system here, there's people here who deserve to have fun. There's people here who are likely to have fun. And then there's people here that are the cul-de-sac of comedy where the, the fun goes to die. And there they are, and there's those people. And this is the guy that wants to get into a fight because his girlfriend didn't treat him right. And he's looking for an excuse. So keep your distance from that guy, because he's waiting. And we've all kind of felt that to some degree. You're like, yeah, man, like, you know, because if you can't, you want to feel important, you want to feel special. And if you can't get it from people treating you nice, well, you can get it from interacting with people not nice, you know? Um, so. So I get the, uh, this is fascinating to me. I get the part that you're saying that the uh, the beast will mm -hmm. take the beauty out with her because it in increases her social status and mm -hmm. chances of having a good time. Mm -hmm. But why does the beauty take the beast? 
Because she never wants to get outpulled by a friend that's that another guy would choose over her. Ah, right, yeah. I'm with so every, yeah. everyone wants to feel important and special. Yeah. And when you get so made sure. second yeah. best, it don't feel good. It doesn't feel good at all. So it takes time to be okay with it. So the way to feel okay with it is to just realize. So like, you know, like when I go out, I usually go out with a hot, tall, six-pack dude. Because I got the money, the comedy, the fun. They got the tall, dark, handsome. We make a great team. Um, and then like... So we we do great like we do amazing work um we have a shitload of fun and then uh he, i'm gonna pull girls that he's interested in and he's gonna pull girls that i'm interested in because we don't actually matter they matter where they're at in their life and what they are predisposed to like matters 90 percent, and we matter 10 percent because it, it's a it's a seller's market out there <laughs> or buyer's market, however you call it, they choose. So if uh, if a girl likes tall, dark, handsome, I'm blown the fuck out. Understandable. If I were a girl, I wouldn't fuck me. I'm not my type. <laughs> too old, too fat. Like, what? I'm not interested in any of that shit. But some girls like it. Literally, like, oh, I like a chubby guy. You know, when I'm on top, it feels like, you know, they could handle it. Like, okay, well, you're in, you're in good fucking, you found the right dude. Good job. Or if girls like older dudes, I've had girls walk up to me in the club and literally the eyes lock and you're like, all right, we're making out now. Cool. On site, on site. And you, and, and I've always been curious. I'm like, why me? Like I look around and I'm like, there's all these, what, why, why me? And you try and figure it out. And what most guys will be like, they'll have a favorite shirt. Like when that shit happens to them, that's their go-to shirt forever. They're, they're, every time they go out, they're wearing that shirt. Cause they think it was the shirt, you know? Um, yeah, for me, like when I got the way I do best is wearing a black t-shirt. I used to wear three piece suits constantly all the time, top hat, everything. But then you just, I actually do better in just a black t-shirt. No idea why I don't get Not it. Not the hex shirt, just plain black. Just straight black. I haven't tried the hex shirt yet. It might actually hit like the, the logo looks really fucking cool. Um, I'm over the pink I as well. I'm to try it. You know? yeah. I remember when I went. <laughs> He lived in LA. I went to, I was 22 and I went to a bar in um, Hollywood and it was probably the worst experience of my life. Like I used to live in Europe. I've lived in Asia, been all around Australia, lived in England, the States, but this one bar, I remember it. Uh, we went into this, it wasn't even really, I mean, it's Hollywood. So I suppose all bars there are kind of upmarket to an extent, but I walked in my, and you should have seen it. It was like something from the movies everyone stopped what they were doing and looked at who was entering the bar and judged huh. them up and down and i thought it was me at first but then of course when i'm in the bar i saw it for everyone's entrance everyone who walked walked into the bar they just stopped and looked these people up and down and it, but that's awesome that that's perfect it, but it was so unfriendly bro like really that they no, just no you're missing it anyone. man you're missing it dude compared to when i lived in spain or even Korea, dude, when I lived in Korea, I suppose it helps being, you know, non-Koreans. Nothing gets my good Korean people. You're just different. So you imagine you walk into a bar, you're 6'3", you're, you're towering over everyone else and you've got blonde hair compared to a senior Well, sure, yeah, hair. it's just better. It's just better. That was different. For, foreign's in, always in, better. But in Los Angeles, <clears throat> it, it was horrific, brother. Man, <laughs> I'm telling you, I would have done great there. So if you go out, the people that want to have fun... It's about tactical awareness. The system shuffles, the, the system vibrates. 
And then certain weights and densities of behaviors land in certain places. And when you become an expert, you just see the system as a whole. So when you go out, there will be girls. So here's your bar, right? Bar, edges to the bar, entrances to the bar. Bartenders enter here, bar backs enter here, clean drinks and shit. And here's your straight bar. And for you viewers at home, bar, entrances to the bar. If a girl lines up at the ends of the bar, she wants to fuck the bartender. Have a choice and just was there were no open other spots. And so if you start talking to these girls that are trying to get the bartender's attention, you're fucked. She doesn't want to fuck you. She wants to fuck the bartender. Same with DJs. Girls that are lining up next to the entrance to the DJ booth trying to get back there, you're in for a tough spot, bro, because you're competing against the DJ now. It's hard, right? Like there's a social value hierarchy of what people just want. And so same with bartenders, like in general, bartenders, waitresses usually have sexual partners that are in that industry. They go out on Sundays and Mondays when their days off are, they'll hang out together. So I, in general, don't waste my time with hired staff. Don't waste my time with people that are into shit that ain't me. Ah, you're here for the DJ. I'm not a DJ. I probably know him. I could get you back there, but I'm not a DJ. So, um, ideally I like people like me. If there's nothing else going on, I have to pull fucking teeth. All right, then I'll try and switch people to liking me, you know? But it's just so much fucking easier if people just like you off the bat. You like rich, loud, fat American dudes? We're good. I'm that. I'm exactly the stereotype. Yep. Hey, Americans think they know everything? Guess what? I think I know everything. So we're right there. Perfect stereotype. Just like TV. <laughs> um, so like... So logistically, when you tell me that everyone looked at you when you entered the bar... That means you have the opportunity to matter and they are looking for social interaction because the motherfuckers that come to the bar to be alone together, to be in public alone, to be unfriendly and unfun and isolated, they end up in the corners, which is why you don't want to go into these fucking corners. It's not even convenient to have a reason to be there other than I specifically wanted to say hello to you, which isn't the ideal way to meet people. Um, and so the people that are fun and friendly that you're more likely to have a good time with have what is called uptime. They're looking out into the world for opportunity because they want to have fun. They're looking for some shit. Hey, maybe I'll meet a cool guy tonight. They have uptime. They're looking. When you're there and some girl never looks up from her phone, she's not there to meet new people. And so if you, if you look at their behavior and see who has the uptime and is willing. So if, if I walk by a bunch of girls, I'm keeping track of which ones are looking and for how long. And the ones that look the longest, okay, gonna have more fun with, period, period, right? Oh, eye contact, oh, geez. My hot friends, man, they come by eye contact goddamn easy, get it in the streets. Me, a lot harder. <laughs> I'm getting a fucking way lot less eye contact, way lot less. So when I'm in a bar, the person I'm gonna talk to is a person that wants to have fun and has uptime and is available to talk. And they're usually already positioned in a place where they're easy to get to. They're near the middle of the bar, they're in the dance floor, not, not a loud dance floor, but like they're somewhere where I can actually reach them. The people that are harder to reach, they're in corners, they don't have uptime, they don't lift their heads. You're pulling fucking teeth. You're gonna go over and they're like, hey, what's up? And they're just gonna turn away. And you're like, oh, oh that sucks. Next, you know? Cause it sucks. I don't care how many, I don't care how many people you've said hi to. If you say hi to someone and they're like, Ugh. you're like, Oh, so I suck. All right. Well, let's go find some people that don't think I suck. You know, um, it's just a numbers game because like you, you could be Bill Gates. And if I'm with a girl and she's my girlfriend at the point, 
she ain't gonna let you hit, bro. Sorry, doesn't matter what you do. Just, she ain't doing it. She's with me, right? Oh, Brad Pitt, she ain't let you hit. Sorry, man. So like, and don't they deserve some shit? Hot dude, rich dude, sure they do. So like, everyone's got their taste. Everyone's got what they like, and you are not going to be attractive to most people. You're not going to be attractive to most people, and you have to be okay with that. You know, so they matter. What they want matters, and you choosing someone that that you're going to have good synergy with is the most important thing, in my opinion. So, but if I see, if I go to a bar and everyone's got uptime and everyone's looking at everyone else, holy shit, I can't wait. I got an audience. Let's have fun, you know. But when you go to a bar, no one looks up, and like you're just like shit. This could be all dead ends. So, I love uptime. I like people to look at you. Fabulous, mate. Fabulous. Maybe you found some perspective from the way I looked at it, but I like it. I like your insight. I mean, you might have been some weird thing where everyone was an asshole. Those bars do exist. There are everyone's an asshole bar, but in my experience, they're not looking. They're doing their own thing, and they're happy to tell everyone else to fuck off, in my experience. If people are willing to look at other people, I think they're looking for opportunity. I I actually wonder, because it was Hollywood, I wonder if it was... like I'm I'm guessing you've been to L.A. and Hollywood. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll give you a, a... a quick example so i lived in malibu for about eight months mm-hmm. and the the first two icebreakers i used to get when i was at college in malibu was uh what do you oh, the, the two were what car do you drive and what do your what? parents do that 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 was the main malibu what? icebreakers people yep. ask you what car you drove oh absolutely mate uh, absolutely i've never heard of um, anything like that in my life ever dude, However, when I lived in Colorado, the two common questions were, how are you? What's your name? So it was just two. That's the weirdest shit I've ever heard. Because first of all, one, you could answer that (laughs) however you like, I guess. Uh, I mean, I I don't believe, I I almost don't believe what you're saying. Because girls do not give a fuck about cars at all. Oh, dude. No, it, it wasn't the car. The, the car wasn't what they were asking. Are guys asking about this? You're telling me girls, no, girls ask asking, you what think, kind of car you drive? Yeah. Why do you think they're asking that in Malibu? What, what, what I, scale I still are they? find it extremely hard to believe it happened, mate. They're, they're testing, uh, they are testing what type of wealth I have because I'm at university. But they already know by looking at your shoes and watch. I just find this very hard. Like, I've never heard any girl ever no, ask any I, I, guy I that ever that in my entire well. life after I, I, thousands I t- of I can, fucking interactions. I can definitely challenge that as well. So in Malibu, it wasn't uncommon to see, you know, like I saw Britney Spears and Cindy Crawford and... Um, Goldie Horn, and, and you just see them like just around the shops, you know, they'd be going getting their caramel frappuccino. Uh-huh. And what I actually found with displaying wealth is that when you're with the mega, mega wealth, they actually are wealthy. They go the other way and they yeah, actually they don't care what dress. car you have. Well, no, I go with what you're dressing. So, what you're saying about what shoes and that. So, it wasn't uncommon to see uh, A list movie stars or rock pop stars wearing torn jeans, thongs, and a Crappy shirt. You would be surprised how much torn jeans cost. <laughs> Those terrace cost I got it, a lot but of it, money. They would, no, let me give you contrast. So then I'll go to uh, living in Korea. It was really common in Korea where people were, not all, but there was a, a big wealth gap and a lot of poverty. On the weekends when you'd go shopping, you'd actually see a lot of people going out to go shopping wearing a business suit. And it, it could, it's because it went the other way. It's because I, I need to express that I'm not poor. Well, see, others were like, what I really picked up was like, when they're so rich, it's like, I'm so rich, I don't need to actually wear a nice watch or nice shoes or anything. I'm just going to wear thongs, torn jeans, and a, and an old white T-shirt. And that was very striking to me in the two cultures. 
the the richer they were the less that they put in the effort to dress up and the other cultures the less money they had the more effort they went to dress up and and i can really see well, it's why. like it, there's a valley i mean you'll transition through both it changes with how much wealth you got and where you are if you're in a place where you already have to be rich as fuck anyway everybody already knows and you don't have to signal anymore but if you're in a mixed environment where there's some rich some non-rich then the signaling has value to differentiate between the two of you like I was just eating in a fancy restaurant and like they fucking had gold Rolexes. I don't know if just eating is accurate because COVID, but like the servers all had Rolexes. And you're like, wow. Okay. It's weird. <laughs> like, uh, I think that guy's watch costs a lot more than mine. Uh, yeah, crazy. There you go. I almost feel obligated Richard, to fucking give him a good tip. <clears throat> speaking of dinner, I, I actually must go. I've got a dinner appointment right. tonight, but, um, right. dude, I think it would be a lot of fun to actually one day <laughs> go on an adventure with you and, and see how at some evolve. point there's going to be COVID's going to fuck off at some point and we're going to have uh, we're going to have meetups again and it's going to be awesome because the Hexkins are going to be there and it's going to be a fucking amazing it's going to get I love messy, the very messy. I really I'm totally, love you, you need to make a shirt that says Hexican. It will sell like, well, I'm a Hexican or do, do something catchy. I'm I like, believe people already do that. For awesome. sure. You just have to look around. As Ask I said, the chat. I used, to, I used to call my um, Texan friends Texicans, but Hexican is just it's even better. It's pretty cool. I, um, so I was oh, trying to coin that name myself and I was like, Hexer, Hexican. I thought Hexer was like better, but then everybody else thought Hexican was better. I'm like, oh, Hexican it is. Oh, you can't choose your nickname. You just it's how no. it is, you know. Like that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's my Richard pleasure. Hexican. So let me let me show my shit real quick. Yeah. You please. guys like uh, a cryptocurrency that's up many multiples over Bitcoin, many multiples over Ethereum, many multiples over the dollar. Come check out hex.com. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, if you want uh, free chat, come to t.me forward slash hex crypto and radio operator code. That would be tango dot michael echo forward slash hex crypto hotel echo x-ray charlie romeo yankee papa tango oscar i'm not sure that makes it any easier to spell but hey at least i'm showing off another radio operator code if you want some free books t.me forward slash survive like survive through science survive and youtube.com forward slash Richard Hart, twitter.com forward slash Richard Hart win. I'm on this piece of shit app called Clubhouse. It sucks. Uh, I'm Richard Hart on there. What else? It'll stop sucking when I get a channel that I can promote to build equity in instead of being a slave bitch to other people's garbage channels. I'm not promoting other people's garbage. So your, your app will unsuck when I have equity in promoting my identity on it thanks what else uh free books free chat free video used to be free coins not free now is that it they miss anything it's a lot yeah. if you're going to give away money just... give it away to the sense foundation sens.org slash donate medical research yeah that's it and i've just gone through your site i think everything was mentioned there as right. well as your profile as you your twitter handle you should uh, show your shit man uh, my I turn. Got okay, some so, on here, you know. Uh, thank you all for joining us. I'm Adam Stokes. For those who haven't met me before, uh, check me out at Adam 
underscore Stokesy on Twitter. Also got a website, uh, thecrypto.land, a website that I created to ensure that people aren't getting scammed at thecrypto.land. It's just a simple website, a landing page where you can do everything crypto in one safe and secure site. Finally, check me out at Adam Stokes, very originally named on YouTube. Uh, Richard, this is a great pleasure to speak with you yet again. Uh, I, I'm very, if you will, that's probably the wrong word, but proud of what you've achieved. You went against all the haters. Uh, I was actually on the other side of the world when your coin launched. Uh, I sent you a direct message um, to say well done. Thanks, uh, but I don't think it's over. I think it's still no. going and I, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of this journey, even if it was just an initial review and, and getting to know you. And I, I look forward to even greater success for you. Thanks a lot, man. And uh, one day we'll meet up. And it'll be fun, man. Looking forward to it, man. No witnesses, please. <laughs> <laughs> it could get messy. Right. All right, bro. Good talking to you. Guys, yeah. I'll see you in yeah. chat. T.me slash hexcrypto. I'm going to hang in there for a while.